Hello everyone, it's Ground Control. I'm here with my friend Major Tom. That was it. Can you hear me, Major Tom? Can you hear me, Major Tom? Hit it, Zach. That was your big... Your, that, that was your space big... Space Oddity, let's do it. That was... That, you don't know the fucking words, do you? This is... No, I don't, Can for you one hear thing. Me? To like this is you built this up for me like off camera like you talked about like I've got the best opening we've had yet. God, it would have been if you were a fucking cultured person, but I guess and you just not. like throw out like the Jesus the most reference Christ. reference you could. Why possibly do I reference. bother? Jesus Christ, Rosin, this is an Zach, embarrassment. We had one rule: don't be stupid. The bad. Men well, are... we failed that episode. <laughs> yeah, we did. Honestly, if there were bad men looking for us, they would have taken both of us away at this point. Anyways, <laughs> how's your life going? It's good. <laughs> Has your credit card been stolen recently? Funny, funny thing about that. <laughs> oh, actually. Uh, no, my credit card was not stolen, but I did have a bit of a hacking scare. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. My, uh, it's been one a bad, of my, bad three months for us. One of my three major emails got hacked, which is also the one that has like my PSN, my Amazon, my like all my good stuff on it. I learned this because I turned on my PS4, and it's like you're already logged into PSN right now, <laughs> and then. And I was like, oh, really? And then I went on my PayPal, and it was like, yeah, recently someone tried logging into your PayPal. And I was like, fuck. <laughs> Um, so that was fun. Changed all my passwords, but it seems to be fine for now. I had a, so I have like a bunch of e- so not gonna lie. I still, whenever I need to sign up for something, I use the Cathedral of Shadows email account. Yeah. Um, I use this one for Netflix. Oddly enough. Okay. Um, and I think I use it. I use it for something else for sure. Um, I use my alumni email account from school for, uh, other shit. And then I use, like, um, I have, like, a few other just, like, random, like, uh, email accounts that I use for, like, all my shit. So I don't have anything that's, like, super centralized, but I do have my Amazon and my YouTube account connected to the same email. And I got a fucking, like message or whatever that was like hey we blocked a sign in attempt from uh like god i can't even remember i think it was like pakistan or something like that and i was like oof let me uh it definitely wasn't me let's uh let's turn on two-factor authentication since then it's been fine but uh yeah i also started using that for steam now too and i i really wish that psn let you do that because two-factor is great i'm gonna go PSN did introduce something, though. Like, they've got something that's similar, but it's not. I think they do, yeah. So, I'm going to go out on a limb and say, hey, I'm going to put myself out there. I should probably move on from AOL. <laughs> yeah, probably. I should probably move everything to Gmail, but... Yeah, oh, God, I have, I have like, one Hotmail account, and the rest are Gmail. I was yeah. on Gmail, like, day fucking one, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I mean, I've got Gmail accounts, obviously, but, like, yeah, I just never use them. It's the easiest one. I should start using the Reaper Names Gmail account for signing up for shit, to be honest with you. Yeah. Well, anyway. Yeah. Um, how have you been? I've been busy. Same. You know, 
I, I was giving a really important presentation at work the other day. I was like really hyped up for this. Like I had fuck I made graphs, I made infographics, I got like I think it was like slide number four of eighteen and I heard chuckling and I looked up and the screen was a blue screen of death. Nice. It was so great. So I just kinda took my laptop off to the side and I was like, Well, here's the here's the fucking cliff notes version of what i was gonna say <laughs> and then i awkwardly walked out of the room it was probably the worst day of my life but other than that it's been fine oh good i, I thought to myself in that moment what would goku do no hold on i'm going first oh okay god rosin i know we established this i know but you weren't going so i decided the fucking well i was letting you it. talk about your fucking god. thing hey rosin yeah did you watch the Defenders? Not yet. I need to finish Jessica Jones. No, hold, hold on. Yeah. Or wait, not. Sorry, Did no. You... I, I finished Jessica Jones. I need to finish Luke Cage and Iron Fist. So I made it well known that I didn't like any of those. Yeah. Um, and you're not watching them, so I'm gonna make an official. I mean, I am, but like, decree. I'm just bad and slow. I'm I'm making a decree, Rosin. Okay. I'm removing the Netflix Marvel Universe from the list of things the podcast is about. I thought we did that already. No, no, no. I'm officially doing it now. Oh, okay. So anyway, I replayed Bloodborne and Dark Souls 2. Okay, okay. See, so we have to make up for it somehow. Yeah. Um, no, I actually did do this and like... And you did it on your fancy new TV, which we should also probably discuss. Well... I... I do have a fancy new Ultra HD 4K HDR Super TV. Zach was, like, at the store one day. He's like, I need to, I need to fucking one-up him. Yeah, in my heart, I was like, this is all about proving my worth to Rosin. Yeah. No, um, I have a... We talked about this, but I also had a 720p TV. And, hey, Final Fantasy fourteen was starting to look real bad and real hard to read on Ooh, that Ooh, that thing. seems like a bad one, because, like, I've seen those menus, and those fuck... That... Those text windows are small. So it was fine until 4.0 Stormblood took away the 720p option. Ooh, and that's And then rough. it became bad. Um, so yeah, now I'm in the 4K world. I'm in the, you know, HDR realm. Dude, I remember back in the day, this is a side note, but I remember when Massive... I, I, I explicitly remember, because it was around the time I, I, I had two... Xbox 360s throughout the course of my life. I ended up... Well, one of them broke. The other one I sold for a PlayStation 3. Um, but I remember around the time I got my first Xbox 360, I think Mass Effect 2 had just come out, and people were pissed because if you tried to play that game on a standard definition TV, you could, like, not... Yeah. Like, so the, the text ones, was too bad. <laughs> the big ones where I think that one and the one I heard a lot about, which has also happened to me, was like, hey, Dead Rising. Oh, I heard that one too. Yeah. And I was I was bad because, like, I, I was a fucking broke-ass kid. I didn't fucking have the money for a fancy-ass flat-screen yeah. TV at the time. Uh, yeah, same, man. I've always been behind. But I'm on the cutting edge now. And the yeah, reason, you are. The reason I'm on the cutting edge, just to let everyone know is because of fun coincidence contest winning thing not contest winning but because of things as a as a collective i had seven fuck words hi yes I'm a, Zach. as a mind flayer you had many coupons that 
Yes. I had $175 in Best Buy uh, gift cards. And they were having a sick sale where the TV I got was, like, already $150 off. So that, plus the gift cards, was like, mm, now I'm looking at, like, only, like, 260 ish you know? And uh, I swung that, you know? Yeah. So, pretty, pretty solid, bro. Um, that being said, uh, what you said was a fucking lie. I did not replay Bloodborne or Dark Souls 2 on this TV. Oh, you because didn't? Because I just got this TV, like, a week ago. Oh, okay. Never mind, um, then. Yeah. Uh, I'm actually, like, super desperate for, like, 4K content now, but I don't want to shelt the money for a PS4 Pro. Um, uh, yeah, honestly. But uh, we'll see where that goes. I'm just happy to not be 720p. And anyway, I don't have a lot to say about Bloodborne and Dark Souls 2. We've said it already. Uh, Bloodborne, I should have probably waited on replaying. It's still my favorite of the series, but I'm definitely done with it. It's Halloween, um, man. This is the best time to replay it. No, I just mean I played it so much. Yeah. And, like, it's it hasn't been long enough to where it was still like, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I, like, I did, like a dex build and a strength build where i did everything and then i've done like one or two runs where i just kind of like i don't do everything i just kind of mainline it for an ending <laughs> you know yeah. yeah i mean i did everything there was to do in that game you know i, yeah. I did up to like new game plus five i did all the chalice dungeons i platinum did it's you know mm -hmm. it's done uh dark souls 2 i still really like that game scholar first sin edition i think i think that game gets more crap than it deserves but uh, I, I yeah, still that's... never beat either of those. That is literally all I have done since the last podcast. Yeah. Um, I'm just waiting on dot .hack. So. Yeah. We're honestly doing this mostly so we can be on the cutting edge of Stranger Things discourse. Because yeah. season two came out yesterday. Yeah. And so... we finished it. <laughs> um... mm -hmm. Anyways, let's talk about Dragon Ball. Yeah, collect those Dragon Balls. The new recurring segment to replace Karen or Kyokai. Yeah, um, well, I mean, I've been talking about Dragon Ball since Shut I up! mentioned starting it. Wow. Don't contradict me, Ryzen. Okay. I'm, this is gonna be a good podcast, guys. I just got off of, like, a super long work shift, and I'm tired, so. Yeah. We're gonna be high energy. Mm-hmm. I, Okay. I ate, like, these little microwavable, like, breakfast sausages this morning that were, like, apparent. Uh, I, I have been informed that they were exactly $1.25. Okay. And, like, I think I've been, like, half constipated the whole day, so that's not helping things. I just felt the need for everyone to know that. Is that, like... Is it's that, not like, related to Dragon related Ball. Related to Goku? Like, is that what you're gonna wish on the Dragon Ball? So <laughs> yeah, honestly. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? Sausages are really good, though. I, I mean, for what they were. I hate breakfast sausage. What, what the fuck? I love... One of my favorite foods in the entire world is, like, Italian... Like, like spicy Italian dinner sausage. I cannot fucking stand breakfast sausage. Oh. Links, I... patties, whatever. Get it out, get it out of my face. I'm a, I'm a big fan of both. Oh, yeah. I, fucking... This is unrelated. We're very off track but yeah, this is a bad podcast no it's fine so i was like there's this gas station that's like basically halfway between like 
when I'm fucking, like, getting done for the day and, like, driving back home in, like, my actual house. Like, I'll just stop at this gas station. It's also where I go and, you know, fill up. So, like, I'm pretty sure every employee, basically, in that gas station knows who I am. Then there's this one really nice old lady who I'll always remember because one time, like... Okay, maybe this is, like... I'm not sure if this is, like, a federal thing, but, like... If you just swipe your card for, like, if you're buying some, like, cheap shit, you don't need to, like, sign for it or whatever. But then, like, if it goes over a certain amount, you need to, like, you know, do a little signature on the little, like, digital touchpad thing, right? So, one time I almost walked out without signing, and then I remembered, like, oh, wait, I'm pretty sure I was supposed to sign for that. And I went back and signed, and she was like, oh, you saved my life. I could have got fired for that. So I think she always liked me because of that. Um... So, like, just the other day, I saw on their little sign that they had a, like, 79-cent muffin sale going on for, like, jump big jumbo muffins. So I was like, oh, I'll go get a blueberry muffin and, like, a soda. So, like, I did that, and she looked at me. She's like, oh, you're not getting donuts this time? And, Zach, I've never felt more judged in my life. <laughs> like, she didn't mean anything by it, but I was like, oof. Oof. She, she brought the fucking claws out for that one. Oof. Yeah. Nice. So I cried and then ran out the store without paint. No. Um, yeah. Yeah. Baka. <laughs> Anyways, Dragon Ball. Um, <laughs> Dragon Ball's fine. I don't got much more to say about that. That tournament's good. still happening. It's a good tournament. I enjoyed it a lot. Have you watched, like, one episode since the last podcast? Dude, <laughs> I've been watching about an episode a week. Okay. Um... Like, literally, it's like sometimes I'm falling to bed and I can't sleep, and I'm like, I'll watch Dragon Ball. <laughs> I should set, like, a, I, I should make a thing where I have to watch at least one Zeta episode a week, because I'm falling behind on that one. Mm. Yeah, it's good. Hey, I, I actually just recently bought shit off of Amazon. Um, so I'll, You? Yeah, oh, yeah, I know. It's almost like I buy too many things. Anyways. Gundam um, things, specifically. Uh, yeah, honestly. Um, so... Now, to be fair, this time there's no Gunpla involved. I bought the updated 2012 version of the uh, Gundam novelization, which is technically like three light novels and one book. Rosin. Yeah? We've talked about a lot of things on this podcast. Yeah? But I think the sentence you just said officially makes you a nerd. (laughs) Yeah, honestly... (laughs) Okay, so my favorite part is kind of related to that is the really cringy opening of the book that is so very obviously trying to explain what Gundam is to anyone who just randomly found the book in a sci-fi book <laughs> bookstore section. Oh, wonderful. Yeah, it's and like it's really trying to make it like truly this is a cultural phenomenon, which to be fair, like you know, it's a big deal in Japan. They got cafes. They got a they they've had not one but two giant life-size one-to-one skill Gundam statues. But it's yeah. like, yeah, like, there's these anime series, it's like, they have theatrical adaptations, there's a bunch of video games, and like, all, you know, all this other stuff. And even, like, the About the Author section was like, aside from directing Gundam, uh, Tomino is also a um, novelist, and he started by writing the Gundam novelization, but then soon wrote on to, like, these other books that are very clearly side projects of his, <laughs> you know, like... They try so hard to make it, like, a legitimate sci-fi, liter- like, literary outing. It's super not. Um, 
No, I'm happy, though, because it's actually a really nice paperback. It has, like, a new intro, like, part, and I think they actually had someone else write a, uh, like, closing, like, thing. Uh, but I'm not going to get to that till after I'm done reading that. Mm. Uh, I... I read these forever ago. There was so actually fun fact, this novelization or the collection of like these three books into one thing was actually the first Gundam thing we got in English. Really? And there's a fun story behind it. Actually, okay, so this is this is part of it that I I actually did glimpse at that part of the back. And this was the one thing that caught my eye and then I'm like, okay, I'm going to save the rest for later. Apparently, this one random translator... So, you, are you familiar with the name Del Rey Books? Oh, yeah, of course. Okay, okay. So, in the 90s, apparently one of the bigwigs over at Del Rey was like, okay, so we got Star Wars on lock, and I think they were doing Star Trek at the time, too, but I, I don't quote me on that. They're, they're doing, they were definitely doing Star Wars, and they are doing another big sci-fi thing. So, some bigwig was like, okay, we need to find something that has just as much, like, that's complementary to that, and could bring in the numbers, you know, big phenomenon thing. And at some point, they discovered that in Japan, there was this Gundam thing that was getting pretty huge. And then they found out that there were Gundam novels. Hmm. So they hired this random translator dude to be like, hey, can you translate this for us? And we're gonna fucking, like, rake in the dough. And he was like, yeah, sure, I guess. So he translated the Gundam novelization, and it sold like shit, and then they basically told him to fuck off. That's fair. Yeah. It's also really, like, if you ever want to pirate it online, which, like I said, I did before, um, that version's actually just really bad. First of all, I don't think it's a very good translation. I think this one kind of cleans that up. Um... And also, because there were no actual, like, name, like, official name translations, Shar is called Sha, that's S-H-A. <laughs> um, there's a bunch of other really weird sh- I think Amaro Ray is spelled, uh, like, Amaro, and then Ray is R-E-Y in that translation. Oh, no. Yeah, I know that guy, though, was the guy who apparently came up with what Xeon should be spelled as in English, and then actually when they officially brought it over, they were like, yeah, that's that's a good translation of that. Because, like, in Japan, it can be interpreted a bunch of different ways, so. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, yeah. so I'm going to be reading through that sometime soon i'll report back or actually i might do something else with it but let's i talk about a lot of things that i never end up doing zach so let's not no yeah i know but this is a very long-winded way of me getting to the fact that i bought part two of zeta gundam on blu-ray because i've had part one like since it came out and i just never got around to buying part two but that's not the only gundam thing you've been enjoying yeah Yeah. Are you trying to tell me to talk about Gundam Versus right now? Kind of. Oh, okay, okay. I'm just saying, like, it's a good, you know, we, it's like yeah, having no, a Gundam segment. See, we we made a list here, and, like, we're skipping down, so, like... I'm just, I'm just trying to subtly hint to you that I think it wouldn't be good to split the Gundam part up. Yeah, you're right, you're right. Good call. That's so why... Behind, I... behind the scenes... That's why I keep you around, Zach. Smooth, like, you know, you talked a little bit... 
long about the Gundam novel, probably longer than anyone really needed, but we can use it to lead into Gundam Versus and make it like it's connected. Some kids out there with, I was going to say some kids out there with a glass of bourbon, but I actually hope there are no children listening to this while consuming alcohol. I mean, your audience, maybe. Yeah. To be fair, you've built up a a decent amount of Gundam (laughs) followers. You've built up quite the fan base of children children. drinking... So much bourbon. <laughs> Just twirling his mustache at age 12. And he's going, yes, the Gundam novel. I've read it five times. Uh, now we're talking about that hack. But... Yeah. No, so anyways, yeah. I've been playing more Gundam Versus. I've been talking about Gundam Versus a lot. I don't... This may be the last time I talk about Gundam Versus because I'm at a crossroads, and I'll explain why. <laughs> So, friend of the show, Johnson, and I entered into... I, I don't know if I actually talked about this during the last um, podcast. I may have just said it, it was a thing we were going to do. I, I don't quite know what we where we were at at the time. But, friend of the show, Johnson, who has been on here before, and I signed up for the Waypoint Fan Gundam vs. Tournaments. So, this isn't actually run by anyone who is officially in any capacity... Uh, working at Waypoint, I guess, but some people in the fan Discord, which I was part in, I think I actually left it just because I never posted, um, decided to throw this thing together, and Austin Walker tweeted it out, and I was like, oh, huh, that's the thing. And then Johnson and I just decided to make up a little team and enter for funsies. It's It was just, it was literally described to us as a casual tournament. So they set up a Discord for it, which we joined. We entered with the team name Goof Troop. That's Goof as in the uh, Universal Century Mecha. Mobile suit, rather. Official terminology. Mm, Yeah. And we decided that our gimmick was going to be that he was going to play the Goof Custom, which is the light blue mech from the end of 8th MS team, for anyone wondering. And I was going to play the regular Goof, which is the kind of darker blue mech that Rambo Rawl pilots. And that was going to be our gimmick. We're going to be Goof Troop. Now, that's a really bad team combination, because generally, from what I've gathered, you want to have, like, one mech that's kind of up close and, like, good at doing melee fighting, and the other ones should have some sort of, like, ranged good shooting attacks, and both of the goofs are just for fighting up close and personal. So we kind of fucked up there. Also, I got really busy, and I didn't really put the time into practice as much as I really wanted to. Johnson's really good at Gundam Versus. He admits there's still some stuff he doesn't really quite get how to do properly yet. Um, I think Gundam Versus is honestly, like, the most absurd example of easy to get into but super hard to master I've ever seen in a sort of, like, competitive fighting game. Because... We're, I mean, we're talking about this before. It plays more like, like, Virtua On or something. Like, it's like a 3D lock-on-based, like, shooter-type thing until you get in close, and then you have melee attacks that have some slight combos, but there's not really too much of an execution barrier on the combos. It's really like, you hit triangle a few times, and then you maybe change the direction of the analog stick. But moving around and dodging attacks in that game... There is, like, eight different dashes that, like, have different names that people have made up for them. And, like, you have a boost meter where, like, you can do dashing and, like, jump around and stuff and use up some of this meter. But if you overheat, you're stunned for a little bit temporarily. It is wild, and it is so hard to 
ever fully know what you should be doing at any given time, which can be hilarious because if your enemy doesn't know what to do either, it's just like this really dumb, stupid looking game of cat and mouse. But people who really know their shit really know their shit. And you, like, I'm sorry, you're, you have no chance against someone who fucking knows how to move around and dodge all your shit. So it's really fun. I do wish I could put more time into it. I don't know if I really want to right now. Because I've reached the point where it's like, okay, I kind of get and understand what I should be doing, but it's just like a matter of practicing th- that and kind of taking into account all the different weird situations that pop up, so. Yeah. Um, no, but then uh, Johnson and I entered the tournament, uh, and it was a round-robin-style tournament where uh, we had a Group A and Group B. And the general idea was that we're going to do a round-robin style uh, thing for each of those groups, which basically means, for those of you who aren't familiar with the lingo, uh, every team fights every other team. And then at the end of the day, I think it was the best team from Group A and the best team from Group B would have fought. And uh, the winner was going to win like a $20 PSN gift card or some shit like that. So... What ended up happening in practice is that, like, they gave us, I think it was, like, two weeks to get all of our matches done. Uh, and instead of them, like, I think, so, tournament organizers were very nice, but I do, th- I, some people, they opened up, like, a feedback channel in their Discord, and me and a few other people commented about this. I think they gave us too long to do matches, because what, in practice ended up happening is that we were all just coming home after we got home from work and we were like hey can anyone play and then like most of the time no one would respond and i think what they wanted us to do was like day one or day two fucking go in and start to like schedule times to play but that did not end up happening at all so johnson and i only played two matches and we lost both of them (laughs) (laughs) that being said though like the first day a lot of us like even like, we weren't in the same group necessarily, but a lot of us just got in the Discord, and we just had a lobby, and kind of similar to those streams I did of the open beta, we just played and, like, talked and had fun. And that alone was kind of worth it, and, like, those people were super really fucking nice, so that was great. So. And I've made some contacts if I want to get into the competitive Gundam versus scene, I guess, so that's cool, too. The door is open, but... It is. You have to decide whether you want to walk through it. Yeah, honestly. But yeah, so I haven't been on Discord for a few days, so I'm not sure. Because they talked about, like, okay, for next time around, which I I honestly, I don't know how Johnson feels. I haven't talked to him about it, but I'd be super down for doing this another time with those guys because it was a blast. They, They should just do a normal tournament. Just make it like a weekend thing. See, that's the thing, though, is I think, like, they're worried about people getting excluded who can't make it for a particular day. I mean, that sucks, but hey, that's how tournaments go. Yeah. If you want to be a part of it, make time. If not, get it next time. Yeah. Honestly, like, I'd be fine with, like, a halfway thing where it's like you have a week. But also just mm. fucking schedule your shit. Because part I think part of it is on the organizers to be like, okay giving us too much time and just assuming we were gonna schedule shit but also part of that is on the play like part of that was on all the players because like we could have done a better job (laughs) so i mean the problem is that like once you reach a certain age it's kind of hard to be like 
And like I, I've run into this when playing Final Fantasy fourteen, and it's like, okay, I've got like five people in this group. When are we gonna do the raid? It's like, oh well, one person can't this day, another person can't yeah. that day. Like, it becomes really hard for a bunch of adults to set aside like dedicated times every week to be like, all right, let's do it here, here, here. Like, it's difficult, and that's why honestly sometimes it's best just to be like. Hey, this weekend is when we're doing the shit. Honestly, what I think may have just worked best was, like, actually give us, like, even, you could give us two weeks for this, but just do a regular, like, bracket-style tournament where it's like, okay, here's the, like, tournament layout. Just do a double elimination like every other fighting game thing and just, like, avoid the round-robin thing entirely, you know? Yeah. And then, hey, if someone doesn't show up for their match, like... You, you gotta hold that L, you know? Like, yeah. Um, no, it was really fun, though. So, that was good. good. So, moving along to something that we can both talk about. Something also really fun. Yeah. So, we've been streaming some Resident Evil 7 in VR. Oh. Okay. Oh. See, oh, I, I bamboozled you because you made me f- go ahead in the agenda. You thought I was going to fucking talk about Call of Cthulhu, weren't you? No, no, I I thought you were going to talk about Sonic Mania. Fuck. I fucked up. Fuck. <laughs> Why do I podcast? Oh. <laughs> so uh-huh. get, a little, get a little hot in here. Jesus Christ. <clears throat> Wait, hold on. I need to make myself feel better. Is, Hold on. Is this a bit? Is this a bit? Yeah, it is. It's taking a long time for a bit. <laughs> don't, don't fucking pressure me, you jackass. Oh my god, Rosin. Why can't I find the rabbit noise? Oh, fuck. I can't fuck find this. It. Hey, Sonic Mania. <laughs> how, do you, how do you feel about Sonic Mania? Well, did you finish it? What's up? Yeah, so that's the, that's the thing. So I finished Sonic Mania, like, I'm pretty sure, like, two podcasts ago or however fuck many, but, like, I just never got around to talking about, like, my overall thoughts on the game, so I figured I might as well at some point. Okay. Uh, well, one... I have a question. Could we talk about it? But did you, you say you finish it. What does that entail? I played through the sing- solo Sonic route, and I beat it, and then I went back on New Game Plus. I got all the Chaos Emeralds in, like, the first three stages, because okay. I think I only got... I only got three or four on my first go around, which I think is probably normal. And then I just looked up where all the hidden rings were in the first three, like, uh, not axe zones. And, um, and then I, uh, just cleared house on that. Same. That's also how I did it. Cause those first three zones are like so much fun to just run through. Yeah. They're, they're super easy to finish up there. Um, so you got all the cast emeralds and then you went back into the true final boss, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Okay. I, I haven't played through as Knuckles. I haven't played through as Sonic okay. and Tails. Or cause any, I, cause I kind of want to talk about the Knuckles thing, if that's okay. Yeah, that's fine. I don't care. Okay. So actually that's, that was actually part of it where, um, actually just last week, just on a whim, I, uh, loaded up a new game as Knuckles and I got like three zones in and I kind of just put it down because i i think i just need a sonic break for a little bit that's fair um so i think it's my favorite 2d sonic game (laughs) okay i I do agree with the reviews in general like 
idea that it's like this is kind of the treatment that like the Wii generation gave to like Mario and Donkey Kong and all of them where it's like okay let's look at the old shit and see what worked and what didn't I want to say I, I, I like it I like it better than New Super Mario Brothers and Donkey Kong Country Returns but that's also because I like Sonic more than Donkey Kong and yeah. Mario, obviously but um I, I think I talked about it on here but like my main thing with Sonic Mania is that I love it a lot, but it doesn't feel like a sequel to Sonic 3 Knuckles. It feels like a game very clearly, like, too much of it is grounded in recreating and not moving forward with any, like, new ideas, really, Mm -hmm. you know? Now, to be fair... Same same elemental shield, same, you know... Yeah. Now, to be fair, if you had got little baby Rosin's feelings on New Super Mario Bros. DS when that came out, I probably would have said something similar... So I hope that whenever Sonic Mania 2 Electric Boogaloo becomes a thing, because it's going to become a thing, this game was super fucking successful for them. Well, I hope they feel encouraged to maybe branch out a little bit more, maybe have more original stages than remixes this next time around, you know? Yeah, for sure. Um, I Even though it is remixed and everything, I think these are single-handedly my favorite, like, designed levels i find them i found these a lot more fair and well thought out than a lot of the like older levels which i mean you know they've had a couple decades to improve so you would hope so yeah i I would say it's on par with sonic 3 and knuckles but Mm -hmm. yeah for sure it's better than sonic 1 and 2 yeah oh definitely um there's still some like weird isms that like kind of fucked with me a little bit so i'm not gonna lie i got really sick of both of the bonus stages by the end of the game uh blue spheres more so than the ufo one um ufo one's cool but there's just a little bit of a point where it's like i don't know i got a little i I didn't need to do that seven plus times just because you know sometimes you fuck up and you miss out on it you know so so the blue sphere thing is one of my major problems with the game Mm mm-hmm um, I love Blue Sphere from Sonic 3 and Sonic and & Knuckles. I love that minigame. That minigame works as a Chaos Emerald minigame because it is, it is long and involved. Yeah. It does not work at every single checkpoint. I reached a point where if I saw that it wanted me to get more than, like, 70 Blue Spheres, I just ran into a Red Sphere right away because I didn't want to do it. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's how you unlock extras, though. It's, that's the thing. I know. Um, I feel like, so Sonic 3 and Knuckles, like, they had those minigames at the ring posts, but there were, like, four different types, and they were all really quick, they were all just a really quick way to get, like, a power-up or some extra lives. Yeah. And, like, you were in there, and then you were out of there. Like, asking at every checkpoint you to spend, like, two to three minutes on a Blue Sphere stage is, like, And it's also, like, you only need, like, 15 or 25 rings to do it, too, so you're gonna be getting it all. Like, I'm pretty sure I got, like, in one stage alone, like, four bronze medals. (laughs) It's so pace-breaking. Like, it's not a good idea. It would be fine to have them there, but they could have just, like, you took so much from just, like, ha- just bring over Sonic. Like, why don't you bring over the bonus stages, too? Yeah. Bring in, the, like, the power-up one and the, and the like, uh... The Sonic 2 ones. one? No, just the slots thing. Oh, like, yeah, 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 Just yeah. the other stuff that was in Sonic 3. Oh, yeah. I mean, honestly, like, I wouldn't have minded if they, they had just made it, like, a mashup of a bunch of... Like, I, I, would, I wouldn't have mind doing the half-pipe again. 
I know a lot of people hate that with a passion, but, like, I think they could have brought that back and make it a little more fun. Yeah, sure. But, uh, yeah, no, the blue sphere thing's a problem. Um... Also, I, it's fun, I, so I never, well, okay, I can't say that anymore, I almost never get motion sick when it comes to video games, mm. um, so I mostly played Sonic Mania in handheld mode, but I will say the one time I played Sonic Mania on my TV, and this was on my 720p, so I don't know if it's different with the bigger one, I can only imagine it'd be worse, actually, when it, I played a kind of longer excuse me, Blue Sphere stage. Went on for a while, and when it started getting really fast, I started to feel a little queasy, honestly. Hmm. It, it, got, a, it got to me a little bit. But it was only it only on the TV, though, because I know I've been going that fast into the handheld form, but, like, yeah. maybe it's because I'm holding it or something? I don't know. But, like, when it was on the TV screen, I was looking at it and getting really in there and focused. I was like, this is making me feel a little dizzy i don't know <laughs> that's never happened to me but i've heard it happening to people i think it has something to do with like the checkerboard floor oh god i could believe that for sure yeah um i don't know if i reference this but like i still think that there has to be a better solution for like the random crush deaths that you sometimes get uh see to me that's part of sonic i like that Ugh, i can't stand that i, I like it um Crap, I'm trying to think of other things. Yeah. Well, I mean, I've, I've got stuff to talk about, but... Yeah. I'm just... before Some of those bosses were better than others. I, I enjoyed most of them, but, like... Some of them just kind of felt like they didn't have anything going... You know what I mean? Like, they're yeah, like, oh, shit, we need to think of something. <laughs> but overall, I liked it a lot. It's probably... If, if someone forced, like, forced a gun to my head and had me pick... I'd, I'd probably say Sonic Mania is my favorite one. That's not a bad choice. Yeah. It's probably my second favorite one, but, like, it's hard to not... Like, like that's a tough call, you know? Yeah. Um. So, Knuckles, yeah? Yeah. Um. They do this... Like, I, I hope you don't mind me talking about stuff you haven't seen. I, I don't care. They do the Sonic 3 and Knuckles thing, where Knuckles... Uh, has branching paths mm-hmm. and has a couple different things. Yeah. He's got one entirely new act that's completely different from Sonic and is built around Knuckles. Mm. And then he has a couple other levels where he starts off in a different spot of the level that is also built around Knuckles. Ooh, that's fun. Yeah, Sonic 3 did this too. Um, he also has a completely original boss for his new act. Which I feel is, like, mandatory for truly experiencing the game. Because mm. it's a normal fight against the Heavy King. Hmm. Or Heavy Emperor, whatever his name was. Because you only ever fight him as the supersonic super form, you know? Yeah. You never fight his normal form, but you do as Knuckles. Mm-hmm. And when I thought about that, I got angry. Not that particular thing. But, like, Sonic 3 Knuckles did that. And that makes sense, because that game was all about Knuckles. Yeah. And I realize that this kind of, like, encapsulates my problem with Mania, whereas, like, they gave Knuckles the bonus stuff because Knuckles had the bonus stuff in the last game. Yeah. And they didn't give Tails anything. That that does. I was about to ask, like, does Tails get anything like that? But Tails gets the exact same levels as Sonic. That's kind of lame. 
And, like... They could have given him a fucking Sky Patrol thing. They could have given him anything. Yeah. And, like, they didn't. Because he didn't have anything in Sonic 3, so why, you know? Yeah. They didn't have to. They, 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 their goal was set at reach Sonic 3 and don't really worry about going beyond it. Mm-hmm. You know? And I feel like that's kind of like, if there's a Sonic Mania 2, I want them to go beyond it. I want Tails to have original branching paths. I want new elemental shields. I want almost entirely original levels. God, I had a thought, too, and then I fucking lost it. Mm-hmm. Um... I, oh, yeah, yeah. I kind of wish the shit with Metal Sonic was way, like, a little bit more involved and maybe towards the end of the game more. Just because that's, like, the one thing from CD I really fucking love. And, like... Hmm. I liked that part of Mini a lot, though. I do. I loved it, but also, too, part of me was like, man, this is really early for this to happen. I wish this was, like, even cooler and, like, the third to last thing in the game. You know? Uh, I mean, it's halfway through, right? Like, it's about it's halfway? It's like the first fourth, I think. No, it's it's later than that. Huh. Maybe, yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's it's in the back half. I want to say if it's not halfway, it's after halfway. We can, I, we can fact check live. Do it. Keep talking about Sonic. Alright, so you're looking for the level Stardust Speedway. Yeah. Is the one. I want to say it's like five or six at the very least. Let's see. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Yep, you're right. Seven. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Out I think of that's. 13, 12, how many? Yeah, I think that's a decent yeah. halfway point. Yeah. Um, so, anyway, I like that game a lot. It's very good. But the other Sonic game. Oh, out. wait, these aren't in order. Whoops. The. This is fuck God. I know. Sonic. Hey, blame the fucking Sonic Wiki. Losers. How is it not in order? Uh, it was a category page that Google decided to make a... Uh... Yeah, Stardust Speedway is exactly stage 6 of 13. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, it's like the halfway point. Yeah. It's because the 13th stage, I don't think it's a real thing. It's just the, like, It's final. just the egg reverie thing, yeah. Yeah. Um, so anyway, Sonic Forces. Yeah. Is the upcoming sequel to sonic mania (laughs) yeah massive spoiler uh well the ending of sonic mania very clearly leads into sonic forces yeah so rosin there have been some sonic forces leaks and you wanted to talk to me about okay i you referenced this in a skype group that we're in and as being the little fucker i am i was immediately like yo i want in on this shit and i looked fucking everywhere i could not find any of the sonic forces leaked info other than someone like a few months back reported that there's going to be a shadow dlc which apparently is official confirmed now so yeah yeah i don't i don't don't know shit zach free free dlc for what it's worth oh that's that's actually pretty cool um antinomi and i were gonna game share sonic forces but like the more has come out about it we're like nah (laughs) so (laughs) um not worth it not worth it at all but um so, so we're Sonic Forces is not out, and we're going to talk spoilers about it. Yeah, I was about it, so. to say we should probably give a warning. So if yeah. you if you are one of those Sonic lore enthusiasts that listen to our content, because I know there's a lot of you out there, be warned. Yeah. Anyway, Zach, let's spoil Sonic Forces. Lay let's lay it. lay it on me. Tell me the details. Okay. What do you want to know about first? The story, 
the levels or the gameplay. Oh fuck. Um hold on. I'm just gonna Google one, two, or three. Oh? What? Ah, fuck, hold on. Dice roller. Jesus fucking Christ. Okay, let's go on Wizards of the Coast website. What? Oh my god, this is the worst podcast. Okay, tell like, me, what's the third thing you asked? Gameplay? I don't remember. Gameplay. Let's talk about the gameplay. Okay, apparently it sucks. Hey, someone <laughs> sent in a new email. Anyways, yeah, keep nice. going. Um, okay, so I really like Sonic Colors and Sonic Generations. I really like the Boost Formula gameplay for 3D Sonic. I think it's the best 3D Sonic has ever felt. Apparently, this feels good. It does feel proper. I mean, for what it's worth, they did release a demo, but you can only play for a fucking minute. You were um, like, we should go into that, actually. Okay, sure, let's go into Zach it. Zach was the first human being to download the Sonic Forces PS4 demo. I was. <laughs> I so I heard, like, oh, hey, there's a Sonic Forces demo on uh, on Switch. And I'm like, well, is it on the Japanese PS4? And everyone was like, no. And I went, you know what, I'm going to check anyway. And I was searching for it, and I found it. And I was like, oh, here it is right here, demo. And I hit download. And then I noticed, like, it had no ratings, no thumbs ups. Like, it seemed like no one had touched it. And then Rosin goes, yeah, I just Googled it, and it, like, just went no, up. I checked on Twitter, and literally... It was, like, one of those things where the tweets were so fresh that they were in seconds and not even minutes. People <laughs> saying, oh, the Sonic Forces demo just went live on PSN. Like, Zach was fucking yeah. there. Yeah, and that was, like, a minute or two after I started downloading it, <laughs> it that you was. did that hit. So I was, I hit that page the minute it went up. <laughs> I was the first to play that on PS4. We should clarify, and- we should clarify for anyone curious that these are, uh, I believe they're only in Japan demos, right? Uh, at the time, okay, so at the time they were only in Japan. I don't know if they've come out on the U.S. store since. Maybe Tuesday but, they will. Who knows? But but I noticed because I downloaded it on my Japanese account and then to play it, I was like, ah, let me just switch over to back to my main account, and it made the demo in English. With English voice acting, English prompts, English everything. I'm pretty sure that happened when I imported Nier Automata on uh, Japanese PSN 2. When I booted it up with my main account, the game was just like, hey, do you want to play in English? And I was like, fuck yeah. So... But the, the the reason why this stands out for this demo is that includes the demo prompts about like only being able to play for 60 seconds. Mm. So at the very least, they made English versions of the demo. So yeah. if it's going to be up, who knows? But yeah, um, but yeah that demo... They gave you three stages, but didn't let you finish the stages. They said you could play for 60 seconds, and then we're going to kick you out. So dumb. So it does play. It, Modern Sonic does feel like Sonic Generation Sonic. Um, the problem is that apparently, according to these leaks and what I've seen, the level design is really bad. Oh. Apparently, like, Sonic Generation's 3D levels were the closest we've come to, like... The 3D levels feeling like they have branching paths like the 2D ones. And they're, like, really in-depth and deep. And, like, even the um, Sonic Colors ones were, were really good with, like, the, the extra paths you can reach by getting the different powers. And you can go back and find new paths with the powers you unlock. Mm-hmm. And um, that stuff is not there. It is, like, straight lines, hit the boost button, do a jump, you're done. Apparently, the lo- the levels are all really short, too. So Yeah. Oh man, that sucks. So I, I should, for people who don't, haven't heard me talk about Sonic before, 
So I'm not the biggest fan of Generations. Just I, I, I don't know. I totally bounced off of that game. I don't like how either of the Sonics feel. Colors is okay, but like I also think I'd never fully got the hype around. I guess so. Mm. Hearing this, I'm. <laughs> I don't think yeah. there's much here for me. <laughs> so, so from the gameplay perspective, it is basically like it is in that category of Colors and Generations of like. Better than... Modern like, Sonic that isn't a train wreck. <laughs> yes. It, like, we're not talking 06 levels here. We're not yeah. talking Shadow levels. We're not even talking Sonic Heroes levels. The game plays fine, but out of those three, it is the least good. So is it, like, this weird halfway point between, like, Heroes 06 and Shadow and, like, Colors and Generations? I would say it's closer to Colors and Generations in terms of the gameplay, you yeah. know? Like, it's, it plays fine, it works, it's not broken, and it's not a misery to go through. Mm -hmm. If you liked the way Colors and Generations played, you will like the way this plays. It's just not as good as Colors and Generations, because that <laughs> level design is not up there. Um, yeah. Um, that kind of leads into talking about the stages. So, um, there are 30 acts in this game 30 like or is it 20 20 or 30 don't remember uh and by x you mean individual stages then i'm assuming right yes okay i can't, I can't remember if it's 20 or 30 now fuck but whatever um they're all like in between like a minute and three to four minutes um they're they're pretty short oh and they're only set in, like, seven different locations, and most of them are, like, recreations of stuff. Like, you've got Green Hill, and you've got, like, three or four levels in Green Hill. You've got three or four levels in Chemical Plant Zone. You've got, like, three or four levels in, like, that city they've shown off. Oh. A lot of it feels really samey. Ooh. Um, Apparently, the final boss is kind of like a rehash of the Colors final boss. I haven't seen it myself. Is the final I'm boss infinite? We're saying. No, the final boss is the Death Egg robot transformed into a giant spider thing, I think. Oh. Um. So, that leads to the story. Oh, God. Let's talk about the Sonic Forces story. Please the do. Big, the big new villain, that is Infinite. infinite is an illusion created by the Phantom Ruby, and after you defeat him, he disappears. Oh. Guess what else is an illusion created by the illusion-making Phantom Ruby? Is it the self-insert character? Nope. It's all of the other villains you fight. Even Sh Shadow? Yep. So they're all... Oh, okay. As a matter of fact, there's a... one of the first cutscenes to leak is what happens to the Shadow boss fight. Which is the real Shadow jumps in and easily defeats him and goes, that was a fake, and then leaves. That's great. <laughs> um, but that's not all that is an illusion. Guess what else is an illusion created by the mysterious Phantom Ruby? The Phantom Ruby? Sonic Mania. Wait. The... The video game Sonic Mania was an illusion created by the Phantom Ruby. 
Did I just get fucking star-oceaned? <laughs> you did. I just got star-oceaned. So you know at the beginning of Sonic Mania when they uncover the, 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 the glowing ruby and then everything switches over to like a fun world with the egg robos? Yeah? That's the illusion taking hold. And the rest of the game is an illusion that didn't happen. I mean, I'm not so... I'm not mad because, like, the gameplay is what's important, and, like, you can't take yeah. that away from happening, but, like... Yeah. It's still really dumb. <laughs> it's so dumb! <laughs> so that's the Sonic point. Hey, I'm gonna still buy this game, and I'm gonna play it. I'm gonna watch all the cutscenes, I'm gonna play every level. I'll report back on the next WAF. Ooh, okay. On how, on how these on how these spoiler leaks come into effect in practice. But from the sounds of it, oh boy, is this is this bad. So was this uh Is this a game coming out here this Tuesday or is it uh, it comes out the 7th of November, I think. Okay, so, like, not this Tuesday, but the next time, pretty, I believe. Yeah, Dot Hack GU, yeah. Last Recode, comes out first. Oh, fuck, when does that come out? That comes out the 3rd, Call of Duty Day. Oh, shit. Well, fuck, you're not I gonna probably... fucking play it. I know, but, like, I got it on Prime Discount, and I don't know if I should cancel. Oh, fucking, I'll keep the order, fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> whatever so yeah i saw some people upset. i need to budget for this shit better <laughs> but fine i saw some people upset like oh man it kind of sucks that like this crappy 3d game is like trying to retcon the good one that just came out yeah that's but, goofy like, it's dumb but it's fine like you had your I mean, it doesn't game. matter like the game like the gameplay doesn't go away because you know I, yeah exactly like don't all an illusion, all not an illusion. I Sonic mean, it's Mania is still good. It's dumb, but like it's dumb. <laughs> that doesn't make Mania any worse. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, that's my Sonic Forces bit. God. Yeah. As, okay. So as soon as they showed that that game was gonna be forty dollars, I knew. Like, yeah. yeah How fucking embarrassing that they go through the the fucking like. That's the sound of 25 years of Sonic livestream bullshit. <laughs> and they have this big reveal where everyone's going, Adventure 3, Adventure 3, and then it's like, It's Sonic Forces! Like, you make this big of a fucking deal. You have the fucking pizza rolls people come to your goddamn event to sponsor. And you still don't give the game the time or, like, the proper, like money or whatever's going wrong because something always goes wrong they still shoved it out the door bad like so that's the thing i don't know if they did like this one this one i don't know if it's that they rushed it or it was just bad that's weird to me though because like that 40 dollar price tag seems like to me like an admission you know yeah well and also the fact that like that little zones and like you know like that sort of shit i yeah. apparently the game can be rushed through in four to five hours <laughs> so oof um yeah but like i said these are all early leaks 
there could be a day one patch. You that know, there could be bonus, shit, yeah. There could be bonus content that people haven't discovered yet. You know, yeah. and the, hey, that shadow DLC might add a, a decent amount of stuff. I will report back on the Sonic Forces thing next. Time. Okay, but we should probably move on. Yeah. So, the only thing that's as scary as Sonic Forces is, yeah. Wait, hold on, hold on. I got a better one, Zach. Hear me yeah. out. Yeah. Speaking of realities that aren't real. Well, you can't do that because then, like, the, the Sonic Forces spoiler bit. Oh, fuck. Okay, hold on. I'm gonna, Just, like, I'm gonna, that, like, that... let's awkwardly fumble for words so that I can make the timestamp in the future so people don't get spoiled on Sonic. Yeah, because it's very important that people don't get Don't spoiled. get spoiled on Sonic, exactly. Yeah. Um... Anyways, speaking of scary things. Yeah. Resident Evil 7 virtual reality. I actually don't know how spooky it is to be to be completely fair because I haven't installed it yet, but the prologue demos that they have for it are pretty good. Yeah, we we streamed those and no one watched them. Yeah, I mean it's not croc, so true. The one thing I'm known um, for. Now I'm sad. Um, so... When's Croc VR? Never. Everyone who's ever made Croc died, Zach. True. There's no one left. This is why Trump won. Wow. Croc would have won, Zach. Resident Evil 7 and VR is a... Speaking of Trump supporters, the Bakers probably voted for Trump. No. Is there... <laughs> yeah, dude, when you beat Resident Evil 7, there's, like, a scene where, like, <laughs> th- like, fucking Bakers walk up to you and he's just like, Now I voted for Hillary! Oh, God. <laughs> Capcom, why? Um, so... Yeah, let's talk about Kitchen first. So I streamed a little bit of Kitchen during one of my PSVR little stream... Dude, doodaddles, uh-huh. and there were people sleeping in the house at the time, and it was getting a little spooky. So I was like, "Nah," and I quit out like a little baby. Uh-huh. Then at that point, Zach twirled his mustache and was like, "Okay, I need to get Rosin to stream Kitchen," and then that eventually evolved into streaming the beginning hour. And the next thing I knew, I bought the Game of the Year edition that was on sale for Resident Evil Seven. And uh, we're going to stream Resident Evil 7 proper in VR at some point. I'm excited. Yeah, I am too. We need to figure out a recording setup. Do Actually, do we want to talk about our first recording setup? Okay. I'm going to... Uh, let's... I'm having trouble actually remembering what exactly we did. Well, I had two pairs of headphones on. You had two pairs of headphones on. I know that I had my... My Blue Yeti microphone on a chair in front of me. So, I was talking to you through the PS4 app. Yes. And then you were talking to me through Skype. So, you were not hearing my Skype audio, but my Skype audio is what the stream was hearing. Yes. And then I was hearing you through Skype. But the audience was hearing you through PS4? The audience was hearing me through 
my microphone. Okay. Which was going to... Both to Skype and to my recording. Okay. So I had a pair of headphones on, and then another pair of headphones on over that, which is what had the mic that was connected to my PS4 so Raza could hear me, but I was still talking into my other mic, and I had my other headphones on so I could hear my computer to hear Rosin. Yeah, like, unironically, I think I need to start making YouTube tutorials about what we do to be able to talk over video games simultaneously while living states apart. Because, like, we have invented, and I, I am fucking dead serious when I say we have invented bullshit means to get this to work with as the zelda one the zelda one was pretty fucking real we we spent an entire day we looked into every option anyone had come up with and we decided that none of them worked for us we 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 created a perfect way to play console games with lagless stream to each other and record it properly and it only Um, requires you to own two laptops yeah two laptops uh uh Use Discord, use Skype, use OBS. <laughs> two microphones like, on my two end. <laughs> um, but it worked. I'm but- sure that t- did that TV audio. So, so that's the thing. Zach heard Breath of the Wild from a microphone I had pointed at my TV speakers. Hey, it wasn't great, but it worked. Okay, that's I what never matters. complained about it because I didn't want to shatter the illusion. Yeah. Um the 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 worst problem with the Breath of the Wild setup was that I would often hear Rosin twice and one right before the other. So anytime Rosin spoke, I would then hear him again saying the same thing immediately after. <laughs> um, uh, not ne- the greatest, but it worked. I need to keep uploading more of those videos. Whoops. Um, but that did not work with Resident Evil. And for what it's worth, what I was going to say is why the Zelda one you should totally make a YouTube tutorial on. The Resident Evil one did not work for some reason. So here's the thing, though. The Resident Evil 7 one, the audio in the game itself's recording is desynced. And I'm 95% sure that's my. it's something to do with my capture card recording VR with OBS. But did it? it didn't happen to any other VR game you played, did it? I checked back, and I think there was one other where it did. Okay. Um, and I'm not exactly sure what's causing that. I have a feeling if we switch over to my other recording software, but that would also mean that we could no longer live stream and have to record locally, which we'll probably yeah. end up doing, but, I mean, it's fine. Yeah, we'll get into it. No one really watched the stream. No one really watched the streams anyway, so, like, Maybe it's it'll fine. be a Let's Play. We haven't figured that out yet. Yeah, we got we got some fucking research to do, which will probably mean another painful night of <laughs> bullshitting recording <laughs> setups, but... Uh, yeah. Um... So I have to say, as someone who, like, a few months back was like, man, fuck VR, the beginning hour was pretty cool. It's yeah the only... So now, to be fair, everyone who owns PSVR is like, okay, Battlezone and Resident Evil 7. Those are the two real-ass, real single-player video games right now in VR. Haven't played much of Battlezone yet, aside from the demo it came with, and that seems really cool, but I want to get more into it. I want to I want to see what that's like as, like, an allegedly, like, 20-hour video game. Resident Evil 7, the beginning hour. 
actually made me feel, even though that it was blurry and in 720p, like I was in a creepy-ass household. And for that, I will give fucking props. Like, I, I know I already said that, like, the demo shit sold me on VR, but that was the moment where I was like, okay... I'm already sold that VR as a technology is a thing that works, but, like, fuck, man. Like, you can tell a story with this. You can give me an experience that's interactive and is mechanically in-depth with this. Yeah. Um, so, I've, I've heard a few things, just, mm-hmm. just like, to interject here. Um, I, I read into it a little bit, and people said, in terms of RE7, the VR mode takes a little bit away from the polish of the game. It takes away from some of the tightness of the controls, some of the speed, some of the reactiveness, and some of the cinematic elements. I've heard that movement is a lot more of a bit, which, hey, we have first-hand experience with. Yeah. But I've heard that the aiming has been trivialized to the point of being, like, painfully easy. Because it's yeah. literally just the center of your vision. So you look at enemies and hit R1 and they die. <laughs> well, um, yeah, so, like, the the... I, I I love Resident Evil 7. I talked about it on here before. I think it's a fantastic video game. Mm-hmm. And that polish of RE7 is, t- is removed slightly with the VR mode. However, the benefit of having a proper VR video game for everyone that's played it says it outweighs it. Yeah. So, like, getting that VR experience is worth losing a little bit of the polish. Not gonna lie, the other day I was just thinking, like, how fucking, like... What weird sci-fi novel, like, bullshit TV show am I in where I'm, I can unironically, like, I can unironically say the words, yeah, I'm gonna go play Resident Evil 7 in virtual reality. Like, that seems like a thing, like, you you know what I mean, though, like, that sounds like something late 90s yeah like exactly like that sounds like something that little fucking young sheldon would say you know like <laughs> like something that some shitty ass 2002 sitcom would be like some fucking weird dad character would be like let's play resident evil 7 in virtual reality and then the laugh track happens like oh. like i'm playing a big ass fucking like commercial video game that's like part of a well-established it's like a main flagship entry in a well-established franchise in virtual reality, and that's kind of cool to me. Hell yeah. So, I'm really excited to get that working. I hope we can get it working. We should look into that at some point. Yeah, we should. I think we both have some busy weeks coming up, but I think we can fit yeah. it in somewhere. Uh, hey, to fucking close back, to pull back the curtain a little bit, Zach and I were talking for like a month and a half about picking up Destiny 2, and we had the harsh adult moment of, God, we will never be able to play this together until like December, so we both yeah. decided not to. Hey man, no, it's fine, we'll play Anthem. Yeah. Oh, I'd be down for that, actually, depending on when it comes out. Yeah. I, I should have more free time whenever the fuck it does. I mean, it doesn't have a release date, so... Oh, yeah. <laughs> Who knows, then? Um, The beginning hours... Uh, I should probably talk a little bit about the breaks I had to intermediately take. Yeah, I got angry at you in one of those streams, and then you came back, and I was like, I felt bad. <laughs> well, to be fair, I don't... So, in the first stream we did, where we did Kitchen and, like, the first ending or two of the beginning hour... I don't believe I told you when I got back that I was feeling sick. You did. You you told me when you got back, but not when you left. 
I think, but I think I left multiple times. I think it wasn't until the second time. Cause I, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the last one. Yeah. It, I, I remember I told you then I was getting sick then. Yeah. So. So there's just like an awkward 15 minutes of that video he uploaded where I'm just like, fucking Rosin, come on. How long does it take to get a glass yeah. of water? Yeah. And, and then he comes and... back and he's like, I got sick. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> Yeah, like, like, Zach's bitching about that. I'm in my bathroom sitting down on my toilet seat with, like, this big glass of water rubbing my temple and, like, trying to, like, reorient my horizon line <laughs> and, like, fucking pacing in my bathroom and then getting more water and then being like, fuck, I think I'm good now. Now, to be fair, I have not yet puked because of virtual reality, but... That recording of that Resident Evil 7 demo is probably the shittiest I've ever physically felt from playing a video game. Now, to be fair, you said the second one was better. The second stream was a lot better. So maybe by the time we're done with the game, you'll be good. So that's... So I... Between the first two streams, because I I was legitimately worried, like, okay... I don't want to act like I can keep doing this if I can't. Because, one, that's going to be really shitty if we get halfway through Resident Evil 7 and I, like, have, like, a sickness breakdown where I'm like, I can't fucking play this shit anymore, you know? I mean, if that were to happen, we could just switch to the non-VR one. Oh, yeah, that's true. Um, but then the gimmick is lost. But, um... Yeah, but basically there's a point where I was like, okay, I need to read up everything that I can fucking read up on this. The big things that I found, well, the, the actually the biggest thing that I found is one that you and I will know the pain of as soon as I say these words. Someone said, "Hey, have a really big fan blowing in your face." <laughs> yep. <laughs> that ain't gonna fucking happen with this microphone. I'm so hot right now. Yeah. So, I want my fans so bad. Yeah, for anyone who doesn't know the pains of, like, audiovisual work, like, you can't, don't, no fans, no fucking fans, no no air conditioning, no fans, you gotta turn all that shit off or else you're gonna get background noise up the ass. I, and thank I you, right? thought, listen, everyone listening, I thought I could be fucking sneaky and have my window open for this one, and the minute we're about to go, Rosin's like, I hear f- noise from outside, I'm like, fuck! <laughs> You fucker. Uh, it's almost like this is my job or something. Oh, well, well, I mean, this isn't, but I mean, my other gig is. Dog, I had a fucking... Um, oh God, I, I was making a tutorial for something one time, and my boss had me re-record it because for a split second you could hear someone's footsteps in the hallway. Hell yeah. I was so angry. Um, Hell yeah. Yeah. That's the life. Um, but yeah, uh, so we can't do that. Um, now, <laughs> the other two pointers that they have is, um, one, if you feel the need to take a break, fucking take it. And also, yeah, they they just recommended, okay, take some steps, drink some water. Uh, people commonly do report the thing that I, because I think the first time I take a break, I, I referenced this in that stream where... I started to move, and it, like, moving my legs in real life to walk did not feel real. (laughs) Like, I was so used to the footsteps and pacing of movement within the video game world that, like, 
moving just outside of my, like, so, like, my bed is across from my door, and I, I was playing that while sitting on my bed. So, like, just taking the headset off and then muting my microphone and walking to my door and then to my bathroom felt wrong. And it took me a little bit to readjust, and I've seen other people comment on that. But, yeah, people said, hey, as soon as you you really need to get that glass of water, go for it. If you force yourself to struggle through it, it will make you feel worse. And even worse than that, you'll start to develop a, like, response where I saw someone say something to the extent of, like, he basically played through all of, like, Resident Evil 7 in one night and felt terrible by the end of it. But, like, he just wanted to force himself through it because his logical reasoning was like, hey, if I'm feeling bad but I power through it, then my body will, you know, toughen up, get used to it or whatever, right? So that actually fucked him in the long run because what ended up happening is the next time he went to play his PlayStation VR, just the smell of the actual headset made him sick to his stomach. And he said that he, he actively needed to, like, spend, like, a month or two just, like playing five minutes here and there before he went back to baseline normal. So that's the other big thing is don't fucking force yourself. If you're feeling sick, like, you know, stop it. You know, maybe the fact that we might end up doing this as a let's play instead of a stream will be better for that because you can take any break you need, you know, exactly. If we need to be like, well, we only got 20 minutes today, but I need to stop. We can stop. Yeah. Um, and then the third thing is that if you regularly do whatever VR thing, like, over the course of a month, you will, it'll be fine. Mm. Um, and also to, uh, just in general, I saw a lot of people commenting that it seems like the people that started with Resident Evil 7 as their first thing had a really bad time. That's something you need to work your way up to. Nice. Which, to be fair, you did. I did. Unintentionally, but I did, in fact, work my way up to Resident Evil 7. I played a lot of VR stuff before that. So I'm at least happy for that, and it makes me a little bit more appreciative of, like, the shitty little, like, weird downloadable experiences and crappy turret, like, random... Yeah, the great Spider-Man game. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, fuck. I Dog, I never even uploaded that. I need to do that. Oh, shit. I've been saying dog a lot. I don't know why, but... Oh, damn. Yeah. Yeah, I I need to upload the second PSVR random thing we did. I'm so mad that fucking EA's bullshit wouldn't let me play the X-Wing thing, but whatever. Um, yeah, uh, so I'm happy that Resident Evil 7 VR is a thing that exists. It's honestly, like, as someone who, as I said, never gave a fuck about virtual reality, I'm really excited to be able to do this later this year or whenever we have the free time. Oh uh, yeah, I, honestly, man, I'll I'll be, I'll be good whenever. Like we both got some busy weeks ahead of us, but I'm sure we can. <laughs> yeah, I won't be. So... <laughs> I'd like to start maybe. Yeah, maybe November, maybe December. We'll see. Yeah, we we can fit it at some point. Yeah. You know what else? Speaking of the fall months, like December, <laughs> my favorite fall month. Um. So, what what the fuck was that? What. What the fuck was that? This transition about fall. Okay. Just like this podcast is falling apart. Yeah, sure. So. 
Talk about your fucking game. Okay. So Life is Strange Before the Storm was something I meant to talk about last WAF, and then I totally forgot about it. Um, and it's even worse this time, because Episode 2 has been out for like a week now, and I just didn't get around to it. Um, good. I heard it's good, but <laughs> I don't fucking know shit about it. Um, episode 1 was really enjoyable. I feel... Now, actually, I want to get. I want to ask before I start talking about this, because this is important. Zach, did you finish life is strange no did you even start it yes okay i got to episode two or three. Oh yeah that's right that's right um hey that's fine you know enough then um this is basically chloe during those like i think it's like a year or two before max arrives so like a yeah. year or two before life is strange proper um, it's really fucking good. I've seen a few people say they actually prefer this to the main game, which I can see. I don't think I agree with that just yet. Maybe once I play episode two, I'll change my mind, but it's really good. I was actually shocked. Um, it, it's really unfortunate that because of the, uh, performance matters, like, uh, sort of like strike thing going on that, um, Ashley Birch, in particular, could not reprise her role. Um, but I, you know, like, I understand, like, you know, hey, fucking pay actors for the good shit they do. Yeah. Um, it's a little shitty, honestly, that, like, they got a replacement, but I mean, you know. Well, how is the replacement? Because, like, I'm sure they tried their best. So here's the thing. She's pretty damn good, but... She's not Ashley Birch, <laughs> which I really hate to say because whoever this, like, I've seen a lot of places that are like, well, fuck this game because they didn't respect the strike. And you know what? Hey, like, honestly, like, honestly, yeah, because like, that is kind of a shitty thing. Um, but also too, I do feel bad for, I, I, and I feel bad because I don't even know this new woman's name, but she does a really Banging job is Chloe, and I feel like she's going to be overshadowed for that because she's not Ashley Birch. But she does a really great job, and just she should get some props for that, I think. Yeah, um, for sure. It's a really hard task to have to live up to someone like like Chloe's voice, like Chloe's I, I voice mean, acting. Fair, that's happened to Ashley Birch. Uh, who else? Remind me again. Didn't, I mean, this, I may be wrong, but didn't she do Risei in Dancing All Night? I think so, actually. I can't remember, but. Well, now I gotta fact check myself. For yeah, sound like actually, please, please do that. But yeah, like, it's really hard when you have, like, a character that a lot of people love and, like, their voice is, like, a huge part of that, like Chloe, to have to live up to that. And I think she... Maybe not, not, I don't want to say she nails it exactly, but she does, I believe, the best to her capability, and it sounds pretty damn good at the end of the day. Uh, yes, yes, I am, I am correct. Okay, so yeah. Ashley Birch did, uh, took over Risei and Dancing All Night, mm -hmm. which is like, you know, hey. Yeah, which, hey, that's fucking rough, yeah. Yeah. Um... Also, though, too, like, I have seen some people that are, like, shitting on Ashley Birch, like, whoa, fuck, didn't she come back? It's like, dog, that's, that's not how strikes work. Pay people when they do good stuff. But whatever. Um, 
it's neither here nor there. Uh, the actual game part of it is basically Life is Strange, but without all the rewind and like time mechanics stuff. And yeah, which is weird because that's such a selling point of that game. So here's the thing. I thought it was too, until I realized, no, nah, they still are fucking nailing the teen drama shit. Mm. Um, so that kind of won me over, and I'm like, I'm fine without the time power shit. And honestly, to be to be completely honest with you, I was a little afraid that they were going to give a sort of weird rewind mechanic or something like that, even though Max wasn't there, and they totally avoid that. Um, which adds some, like, it honestly does add a little bit of weight to the choices that you make a little bit more. Yeah, that was always kind of my problem with Life is Strange, because the the idea of, like, well, you can rewind time and see what all the choices lead to is like, eh, well, I don't know if I like that. So so here's the thing, and I don't want to get too far into it. Around episode four and five, they start to hammer home the idea that maybe not everything is a short-term consequence yeah for sure okay so that does pay off but i mean now you have to also deal with short-term consequences so chloe has her own dedicated mechanic which you may or may not have heard of i i don't know anything about this game okay so chloe has a mechanic and you you start the game off with her being like She's trying to get into a concert for the hit band Firewalk. <laughs> get it? It's the fucking Twin Peaks thing. Um, so she's trying to get into this this awesome shindig, and there's this big Does biker. It looks like the bomb diggity. Yeah, it looks like the it looks like the bee's fucking knees, mate. So she's trying to get into this shitty ass abandoned place where this fucking concert's happening this big biker man's like go back little girl and she's like i walked a fucking mile to get here so that's what the new voice actor sounds like by the way no (laughs) (laughs) that's actually you just played a clip of the game (laughs) i did i have the game on right now oh no she's better than that um so chloe's new dedicated mechanic is she has a thing called back talk fuck off where you get to get into time sequence flowing arguments with people that's so dumb so they start yelling things at you and you need to yell the right thing back that makes them angry so that you can get what you want like the shitty bratty teenager that you are and the closer you pay attention to what they're saying, and the more you use their words against them, the more progress you make. So this is measured as you have a bar, and the other person you're arguing with has a bar. And depending on how difficult it is for one of you to make your case, the bar is either shorter or longer. And whoever reaches the middle first wins the argument. <sighs> Now, I actually, when I saw this, was like, that's fucking pretty cool to make that Chloe's mechanic, because that's the thing she always did in Life is Strange, she argued with people, right? Yeah. The dialogue written for these sequences is the worst, Zach. Nice! There's also a point where, like, so the biker dude at the start of the game is Samoan. 
there's a point where like if you so actually this is another thing too the more you investigate and now to be fair i think this is the only time i found this but i think that this is true for the other ones too maybe this comes up more in other episodes so if you explored around the area a bit you could find the biker man's bike that he parked out around the corner and you notice that it has like a flower pattern on it so one of the things you can use against him in his argument that's like oh you're such a tough guy why do you have flowers on your bike and the dude suddenly stops, and he's, like, really offended, and he's like, that, that's like a Samoan culture thing, you asshole. And I actually felt really fucking bad. <laughs> but she's still, like, the sh- shitty little white girl that she is, she still gets what she wants and goes into the fucking concert. And I'm like, oh, okay, I'll just make fun of this grown man's culture and break into this place. That's fine, I guess. Good. <laughs> um... They do make a really cool uh, case for, like, how frustrating Chloe's life is at this moment. Uh, There is one thing that really fucking hit a little too close to home. um, That I, like, I never thought I'd be hit emotionally by something like this in particular. So, you know, in the first game, you can check your texts and stuff. Yeah. So... In this game, one of the first things I did is I opened up Chloe's phone and I just read through all of her texts. And, like, she she also has a journal just like Max does, where she records, like, her feelings and thoughts at the time. So when you go... So, so you hear about this a little bit in The First Life is Strange, but then it's kind of shrugged off as the plot starts to move along. When you check Chloe's texts in this game, there's one section just titled Max... And it's like, oh man, like you you start at the top and it's like, oh man, sucks that you're moving away, but we're always going to be friends, right? And like, we'll keep in touch. And Max is like, haha, yeah. And then Max like, tests, like you're texting a few things back and forth. And then like a month later or whatever, it's Chloe going like, hey, Max, we haven't talked in a week or whatever. And Max is like, oh yeah, let's call to talk or whatever. And then it slowly becomes more and more of a one-sided conversation where it's just Chloe being like, yeah, yada, 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 yada. And Max is just like, yeah, lol. And then there's a point where there's just, like, five texts in a row from, like, five different months that are like, Max? Max, hello? Max, I thought you said we'd always be friends. (laughs) Like, oh, jeez. Yeah. Um, And that reminded me of the fact that around the time I was 15... For two different people, I was Max in that situation, <laughs> and it made me feel really bad. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Not even, like, that hit me close to home when I realized that I was the villain. Yep. <laughs> no, there were two people that moved away between eighth grade and high school, and to both of them, I was like, yeah, we all was talking stuff, and I just never fucking, like, <laughs> sorry sorry corbin and whoever the fuck the other one was yeah name them good job rosin i don't even remember the second person's name zach (laughs) what a piece of shit i know i deleted both of them from my (laughs) phone when i was like 17 But I was like, oh, fuck, I'm an asshole. Uh, oh, man, it happens. Like <laughs> It does. <laughs> they're probably gamer gators now or something. Yeah, yeah, honestly. Oh, but yeah, that was a fucking, that put me through the ringer. <laughs> so, um, 
No, um, you're introduced to Rachel Amber, and she's played pretty well. They make her more of a character instead of this weird mythological thing, so that's nice. Um, I liked Chloe and hers moments a lot. Uh, I can't wait to see what exactly they do with their relationship in episode two and three. Um, I'm very happy where there is a point early on where they kind of cut the bullshit and Chloe's like, when the fuck are we going to admit that we're more than friends? And Rachel's a little hesitant. I was oh, like, that's good. Yeah, I was like, okay. Because in the first, the first Life is Strange, there is a lot that could have been maybe was maybe played a little too ambiguous for its own good. Yeah, I've heard that, like, they never really... Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, it's one of those things where they... I think they kind of had their cake and ate it, too, and this one they definitely... I think they heard the complaints and they addressed that, which is really nice. Yeah, they only have the cake now. They don't need it. Yeah, subtext became text, is all I'll say. Um, So that's nice. Um... <laughs> Fuck it. So, uh, towards the end of the episode, there's just a point where, like, a fire happens, and then it cuts to, like, so, like, it's just a tree that starts on fire. And then it cuts to, like, every character in the town that we've been introduced to, like, looking off to the hills to see this fire, and I just started laughing. It was really goofy. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm really excited to play episode two, though. I, I wanted to get to it before we did this, but then Stranger Things and uh, other shit happened. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if you like Life is Strange, I highly recommend uh, checking out Before the before the Storm. Unless you're... I, I know a lot of people that actually have been like, I want to kind of support the voice actor strike stuff, and I don't want to buy stuff that kind of goes around that. And you know what? That's totally fair. I get that. You can live without this. But if you, if you don't mind and you want more Life is Strange in your life, this is pretty damn good, all things considered, so. Pretty good. Yeah. Is it Life is Strange 2 also going to be a thing? Okay, so there was a point where they said that, and I think they kind of backtracked. I, I To be fair, I haven't kept up as best as I could. I think they kind of backtracked on that in the sense that they kind of, I think they kind of said a thing, and then they were kind of like, ah, but don't worry about that, before the storm, though. And they've been kind of hush-hush about it. Uh, okay. So it might be a ways out yet. Yeah. Um, or they I, just don't want to, like, make it seem like this one's not important. Uh, do you want Do you want my honest take on what I think is going on? Sure. So, Vampire got delayed. Uh. And apparently it wasn't doing super hot. They're probably delayed that in all hands on deck for making that not a piece of shit. Because uh, Don't Not has a history of making games that, well, Life is Strange is really their only big thing. Remember yeah. Me was uh, average at best. A lot of people really didn't like it. I thought it was like a solid 4 or 5 out of 10. Um, yeah, I never got too far into it, but it seemed okay. It's okay. Like, I, a lot of people act like that game is a complete dumpster fire. I don't think so. I, I think it's okay. I do think that that company has a lot better storytellers than they do game developers. <laughs> and I... Honestly, when I saw that the vampire game they were making had combat, I was a little disappointed. 
Yeah, that's fair. I, I don't need an action RPG from those guys. I would honestly rather just do a narrative-driven thing, and, you know, that's that's cool. That's good enough for me. You, you don't need to try that hard, guys. I feel like we're right on the cusp of video games realizing that they don't all need to be action adventures. Yeah, I, I don't need combat in every video game. I really don't. And I, like Simultaneously, I don't also need to be running away from something trying to kill me. You know, like, yeah, because horror games figured out that they could do the running away thing instead of the fighting thing. Yeah. But they haven't moved past that yet either. Yeah. And and it's just this thing of like, we're right on the cusp of this medium realizing that there's more to there's more to experience than just the original thing of slasher sword hit the enemy. Yeah. We're almost there. Almost there. We're getting, we're getting I mean, a to be here and there. Going to be 100%, 100% real. I think we would have gotten to that earlier in a world where as soon as Gone Home and games of that ilk came out, people bitched and called them not video games over and over again and made a yeah. fucking big deal. Yeah. I'm also, there's a tweet talking about this. It's very upsetting that that genre is now called walking simulator and not walkie talkies. <laughs> good there was another one that was really good that was reply to that like explorey stories or something like or story explorees yep that's the other one walkie talkies or story explorees um this is some doctor who bullshit now man we need yeah to... everybody lives i've never watched doctor who in my i got a few emails about this actually from people surprised i was watching doctor who i'm oh out. no 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 let's uh, do you still have those emails let's read them no I, I i i responded and deleted them already they were from back <laughs> um but no i am not watching doctor who i just like to make fun of zach for his weird bullshit that he's into unlike me who buys gundam novelizations hey <laughs> it is completely normal I have not been into Doctor Who for a couple of years now. Yeah, that's true. No, you watch School or whatever the fuck that was called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I watched... Hey, Class was okay. Class was a good show that got cancelled because, of course, no one watched it. Oh, it got cancelled? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. That sucks. Yeah, it was... It made me write a blog about how I used to watch Doctor Who. Nice. Man, fuck. Zach.zone. No, that's not... Don't... (laughs) You have to buy it now. Fuck off. I'm not buying Zaz. Zaku. I'm gonna go on Zach.zone. Oh, I think someone bought Zach.zone. Good. Well, that's... That bridge has collapsed. Um, What the the fuck were we talking about again? Oh, yeah. Uh... Speaking of horrific things, Call of Cthulhu is a tabletop system that i dm'd for recently it's been my first that was my first time dming a thing in a while do you think that'll be up before or after this uh, <laughs> what, what, which would you prefer it's not up to me <laughs> um depending on how long this goes it de- it depends on how long this is. All right, then then I guess we won't go into specifics of the thing. Yeah, um, I had a lot a lot of fun with it. Yeah. So yeah, I I recorded for this is kind of like a 
spectacular Halloween special. I recorded a uh, tabletop uh, little one-shot adventure using Call of Cthulhu uh, 7th edition with me DMing. Uh, this was very last minute. I had this idea, like, I think literally the day before we actually did it, which in hindsight was very stupid of me because I've, I literally like had this idea and then asked if people wanted to do it and then bought Call of Cthulhu. Um, <laughs> like I did not prepare as much as I should have. Um, I did not realize how in-depth character creation was, which uh, led to uh, one of our players having to, I think, head out because we were running a little too long on that, which, totally my bad, honestly. I feel kind of bad for that still. Um, I'm also not... I I am 99% sure we also did that character creation wrong, but because... Hey, I, I will say one thing. The Call of Cthulhu 7th edition book, and this isn't a knock against them, because I'm sure for most people that play it, it's fine. They've probably played it before, to be fair, but, like, it made me more appreciative of Dungeon World and Dungeons and & Dragons and Stars Without Number, because, boy, are those manual layouts a lot more clear and user-friendly and made me understand the things I needed to do. Call of Cthulhu's a little more obtuse to, to just get in getting a go running with um yeah and for what it's worth too uh, like you said you didn't have a lot of prep time but i feel like you you made the best of what you had because you put together a fun little adventure i did um it's probably honestly my favorite thing that we've done tabletop so far uh i i will say so the actual system i uh i kind of didn't spend as much time with learning as i should have but the actual sandbox area through which we were going to play with, I spent a fuck time, fuck ton of time on. Now, not gonna lie, that was kind of my OG plan for No Brand Sky when we did Stars Without Numbers stuff, and then life kind of happened, so I had to resort to making some like more smaller scale modules that I could more freely move about. Uh, but I made a fucking real deal ass town for that goddamn one shot. And I think it paid off. <laughs> so I think it did. I, I felt a lot of freedom exploring that. The only thing I was felt limited by was time. Yeah, for sure. Because we all had to get going at some point, so. Yeah. Um yeah, that was also, not gonna get to specifics, but let's just say I make a choice early on and then sit out for a while, so Oh yeah. Yeah, that was unfortunate. But to be fair, I looking back, I should have prodded you to see if you wanted to do anything more, but I didn't. So <laughs> I, yeah, I, we won't go to specifics, but yeah. a lot of things could have gone differently. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, no that that was cool though, and it made me want to start up No Brand Sky again. Though to be fair, I'm also sitting on two episodes that I've been slowly that will forever. never be uploaded. Time nope. skip. No, nope, I'm gonna upload them. Time skip. We should time skip, but after those two are uploaded, Scrafty needs to shine. Okay, Scrafty's yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Can okay? Should we cut the bullshit and finally explain what happened with No Brand Sky? Can I think I, we I think we did. I think we've hinted. I don't think we've ever give, given a full report on exactly what happened. Okay, sure. And I want to talk about it from my perspective. So Okay, talk about it from your perspective. So <laughs> So The next episode that is supposed to go up, which I believe is episode three, maybe four. I think it's four. I think it's four. I think it's four. 
Um, Funzie's little adventure, I'm not exactly sure what happened, but we argue about naming a ship for a long-ass time, and there's a point where I forgot to cut over to, like, the actual inside of the ship, but I mean, it it plays like a fun little old-timey radio drama, so it's worth it. Um, sorry about that, it won't happen again. Now, the fifth episode, we got special friend Scrafty Devil on, who, uh, you people who follow my stuff may remember was a host on S-Link FM. Uh, or even he's around on Twitter, too. So, we got him going. I don't think Matt made it that time. I, yeah, I think, I think Scrafty swapped places with Matt for that episode. Now... Zach, you had warned us before we started playing, I think, that you had uh, had a little to drink that night. Yes. And then there gets to a point where you're, like, kind of slurring a little bit, but everyone get Like, I think everyone's ignoring it because we get what you mean. And I can't remember the exact... There is an exact sentence where you slur it really bad, and I make a comment like, someone's had a little too much tonight, and you say, like, you basically... Admit to the guilt, and everyone has a little chuckle about it, and it goes downhill the fuck from there. So, <laughs> so a little, I, I don't know how long they didn't know, or if they didn't know, or if they always do, but I had had a little bit to drink beforehand, and then I kept drinking as we played. <laughs> <laughs> and at some point, halfway through the game, I decide... I don't need to just be drinking. I can do shots too. <laughs> and I have almost no memory of the second half of that recording. Virtually so... none. I think after we stopped recording, you apologized to Scrafty for having to meet you this way. <laughs> so for what it's worth, I don't really remember anything about Scrafty. I don't remember meeting him much at all. I apparently Rosin has since told me that I demanded he follow me on Twitter. <laughs> so Scrafty being a very nice person followed me on Twitter and I haven't really interacted with him much because I'm a little embarrassed. But I look forward to eventually meeting him proper. I only have one memory and if this ever gets uploaded you'll hear it. I have a very strong memory of it being my turn me making my turn, thinking, yeah, this is what my turn's gonna be, and Rosin just going, oh, you're gone. <laughs> <laughs> and that's when I knew I made a mistake. <laughs> and therefore, this episode will never be uploaded. Oh, fuck you, I have the footage. <laughs> I have the tapes. I will never Keep in acknowledge months, this, it. This is like seven months ago at this point. It was! Right? It was so long ago! <laughs> it's, it's been a while. <laughs> I'm a bad YouTuber. Um, uh, yeah, so that's where that's been at. But yeah, Call of Cthulhu is fun. We should run that again. I, I need to read up more and actively, like, learn the game better. Um, yeah, th this is by far... drunk during Call of Cthulhu. Dude, I, I actually think drunk Call of Cthulhu would be pretty fucking rad. Oh, God. I mean, okay, so, like, I don't think a drunk game master is a good idea, so maybe not on my end, actually. <laughs> that sounds like that could go to shit oh, real okay. quick. Not a drunk game master, but a buzzed game master. And drunk mm. players. That would be good. That would be good. That's tolerable. Oh, not sorry, we need, we need to... Yeah, oh, fuck no, never. Um, 
we we need to call them by the proper Call of Cthulhu game terms, investigators and the lore keeper. Fuck off. Yeah. No, Call of Cthulhu, I think, is by far the most complex game that we've played, so, like, I need to fucking learn that shit before we do it again. Yeah. Um, uses, like, percentages instead of, like, just regular ass rolls. It's, it's great. Um... Also, too, as a Game Master, very interesting experience, because Game Mastering for wacky sci-fi adventure, like, heroic epic fantasy quest is a lot simpler than making a fucking horror-slash-mystery thing and then incorporating Lovecraftian elements. Yeah. I think I did an okay job, but I don't know. No, I think you did a really good job. I liked it a lot. Yeah. I, I, again, I don't want to go into specifics because people probably haven't seen it yet, but it's good. Mm-hmm. I'm happy, I'm happy with calling that my first time doing it, so. Yeah. Um, other than that. I want to say something right now. Oh, yeah, please, please do. I want it to be established that we've been at this particular podcast for almost two hours now. Yeah. Before we started. Um, Rosin gives me his list and says, I've got a decent amount, but I've only got like three sentences to say about each of them. Yeah. To which I reply, oh, this may be our shortest podcast yet then. And we'll like, we'll, we'll spend like 15, 20 minutes and then we'll just do stranger things. (laughs) Yep. And it'll be like a nice hour, hour and a half long podcast. Yeah. Like a normal person podcast. Yeah. Okay. Rosin continue about what this fucking topic is gonna be so i finished neo yokio (laughs) (laughs) um i don't know okay so actually one (laughs) thing i want to say i checked like right before we started recording what its netflix rating is because i was curious as like as soon as i like typed the words neo yokio on this list of things to discuss i was like what the fuck is the netflix rating on this shit and it is at, I think, the perfect place. It is at exactly three stars out of five. Good. I think that's exactly what this needs to be at. It is very okay. It made me chuckle all throughout. That is the strongest emotion that is allowed to that show from my point of view. For for me, I should say. Maybe some people really love it, I don't know. But the show has a problem where it is... I mean, it's a love letter to, like, dumb, goofy anime shit. Like, there's, like, Ranma jokes and, like, Akira jokes and, like, you know, all that shit. Bleach. Like, the premise, like, kind of takes the piss out of the whole, like, occult investigator thing that Bleach did and, like, stuff like that. Um, There's some Sailor Moon gags, like, stuff like that. While also making fun of, like, New York high society and, like, fashion stuff and, like, kind of, like, the snobbery that comes with being a person that has a lot of money and can live a life of luxury and you know stuff like that um the show is so like i guess it's trying so hard to be hip and ironic that like even when it tries to be serious and kind of have something emotional go on they're not really trying that hard, and I think what they thought they were doing is it's like, oh, people will think this is really cheesy and trying way too hard if we try to have anything, like, actually emotional in this show. So we're just gonna kind of half-ass it and, like, 
kind of show that we were thinking about it, but not really go through with anything. Which I kind of respect in practice as like, okay, you want to keep this a goofy comedy thing. But what it really ends up being is you just kind of feel nothing towards all the characters. Like, you never really get attached to anyone. Um, and that's fine, I guess, for a six-episode thing, but, like, boy, do I not care about ever revisiting this for a season two. I mean, I probably will for the meme, but, like, I've never seen a show fail to develop any sort of, like, emotional reaction and, like, they explore... There's an entire episode that might as well be dedicated to, like, gender and stuff like that. There's a point where Jaden Smith... That's his fucking name. Don't at me. Um, there's a point where Jaden Smith's best friend kind of pulls him aside and is like, Dude, you're kind of a misogynist. And, like, kind of tells him to, like, maybe... Maybe watch what he says around women a little bit more. And the show just never deals with that ever again. Uh, it pays a lot of lip service to, like, some transphobia stuff, where they're like, gender's a spectrum, and, like, it's like, yeah, you know, like, they, you know, they're paying attention to that sort of shit, but it's all performative, you can tell they don't really care, like, it honestly feels like they read a few, they, they caught a few tweets on the subject, and that was all the writers really, like, that's as far as the writers wanted to go with it, like, they have, like, an elementary school end- understanding of, like, social issues right now that are really big. Yeah. And that's about as far as the commentary goes. So, like, commendable that they tried, but not really, I mean, honestly, not even really that. Like, it feels like it was... It literally is the definition of lip service to me. Um, Oh, well. The thing that they go the furthest with is the idea that, like, a lot of high society life is really elitist and full of vain people and, like, hey, rich people treat poor people really shit right they play with that a little bit but then they also do nothing with that like it feels like they have a lot of like they want to point at a bunch of different societal problems and kind of say something but not really and at the end of the day it just kind of comes off feeling really half-assed now i want to be fair i i enjoyed the dumb wacky animeness of it and the fact that there is a few dumb goofy jokes in there that did make me laugh a few times but beyond that, there is nothing to this show, really. <laughs> so, yeah. It was an experience, I'll say. Mm. I'm glad it exists, I guess? But I also can't help but feel that if it was written by someone a little more competent, this could have been a thing that started off as a funny, like, meme thing, and then actually had some shit to say. Yeah, I didn't get the vibe from it from what I saw of that, so... Yeah. Well, I mean, I think I think that was... I think that's what they kind of wanted. I think they wanted you to see the promotional material and be like, oh, what the fuck is this dumb Jaden Smith bullshit? And then start watching it and then realize, wait, maybe there's a little bit more here. But it's not that. And I'm kind of mad because I want to live in the world where I watched this and came away impressed, you know? Yeah, I feel yeah. But I think maybe it's too good to be true. <laughs> you need someone very smart to pull that off, and I don't think who... I, I, I don't remember his name. He has a band. I, I know he has some weird vampire band thing. Ezra something. But 
I don't think he was the guy to pull it off, unfortunately. So, that's a shame. Yeah. We got some good Toblerone memes out of it, though. I'm a little sick of him, I'll be honest. Nice. Did you know the big Toblerone is real, Zach? Yes, I've seen it. That's incredible. It's like a hundred some bucks on Amazon, too. Damn. And, like, the description says it's, like, lasts a family a week, and it's like, who the fuck eats Toblerone for a week? Whatever. Um, so, let's talk about the real... Actually, yeah, before we get into the other big Netflix thing, let's talk a little bit about the latest video game sensation, Super Mario Odyssey. Let's go... So actually, you played Mario Odyssey technically before I did. Let's, you talk about that while I stretch my legs real quick. Okay. Um, I can still hear you. I'm not like walking around. I'm literally just doing stretches in my bed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hope you use the right microphone this time. I am. Um, a, uh, I, so yeah, we got the Mario Odyssey demo at my uh, location of employment. I checked to make sure I'm using the right microphone. I am. Good. Maybe um, paranoid. So... <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, uh, one day, my boss was like, oh, you haven't played the demo yet? Here, clock out early, and then go sit down and play this fucking demo, bro. So I went and played the demo. I I got about a good, I want to say, like, 20-plus minutes in on it. Now, do you remember what kingdom you were in? Yeah, it was the desert one. Okay, okay. The, you know, the, the snowy desert yes yes okay um i literally just got past that so this is good (laughs) yeah uh i fucking loved it man it's really fun i i so it's like i i've heard one thing about the game that is a little disappointing to me but we'll get into that when you're talking about the actual game but for the demo um Really good. I I really like the way it feels. I think it's the best Mario has felt in a 3D space yet. Like, just controlling him, running him around, jumping around. I think it perfects what they were going for in 64. There is one thing that is oddly specific that at the start I was a little eh with, but then I got over it. Something about the jump at the very beginning of the game... I I was like, I feel like he should be going a little bit higher, but then I got over it in, like, a few minutes. Well, you gotta do the, the multi-jumps to get Yeah, higher. yeah. And the, the new cap jump. Oh, yeah, true, true, true. Um, uh, and hey, it, honestly, so here's the thing. As soon as I noticed that you can get a little bit of a hover by throwing your cap after you jump, I was like, okay, now that's fine then. <laughs> so, yeah. But yeah, no, I just, I, I ran around the little town, and then I went forward, and it's like, okay, this game is gonna have big 3D open areas, 3D, like, you know, big open mm-hmm. areas, and uh, that splinter off into smaller linear sections with more exploration and puzzle solving mm-hmm. than past Mario games. So this is where I want to take over, if I may. Yes. So we talked a little bit before this, because we are of... I mean, I think it's safe to say that both of us love all of the 3D Mario games. No. Oh, yeah, because you don't like Galaxy 1 and 2, that's right. I, I, I don't like Galaxy. Okay. You you are the only person, I swear, but... I know. So, I mean, it's safe to say you like we like the majority of 3D Mario games. 
I, so here's the thing. 3D Mario, it, it's it's never been my favorite. Actually, just Mario in general has never been my favorite. Yeah, you've always been a Sonic boy. I, I was always a Sonic boy. Now that being said, I'm not going to sit here and legitimately on WAF try to argue that 3D Sonic games are better than 3D Mario games. Yeah. I may enjoy them more sometimes, but no, I, Mario 64, you know, for what it did at its time, it was great, and I like Sunshine. I like 3D World, you know? So, we've been talking a little bit, because I'm more on the... Uh, I really like 3D Land and 3D World a lot, and also Galaxy, which is also a little bit more... It, it, there's this weird, like, little sex, like segmenting of 3D Mario where 64 and Sunshine were open-ended areas. Galaxy started to do this thing where it was a lot more linear, but there were some places in that game that kind of opened up like 64 and Sunshine. Maybe not as big, but they were like tiny little sandboxes. Then 3D Land and 3D World were more just like, okay, this is more like a traditional 2D Mario game, but played as a 3D Mario game. Now, Odyssey goes all the way back to 64 and Sunshine, and I love 64. 64 is the game that got me into video games, so, like, that's cool with me, but there's a big part of me that's like, man, I just got done playing 3D World, and I loved Galaxy 1 and 2 a lot. To be fair, I never beat Galaxy 2. I need to actually go back and play way more of that game, but, like, I like those games a lot, and I think a lot of the level design and, like, platforming-type stuff they had going on with that it was really cool, and I'm going to miss that a little bit, but also, you know, like, Odyssey looks fun or whatever, but part of me is like, man, I'll miss that. I mean, and that's, there's no saying we'll never get, you know, another one of them. So here's the thing, I don't even mind if we don't anymore, because the parts of Odyssey where you actually do the Power Moon shit are so carefully and well put together that there's no difference to me. Like, they feel as though they, like, God, this is so hard to explain, but they are constructed enough and, like, well-designed enough that, like, you can't exactly bullshit or cheese them as easily as you can, like, some of the stars and shines and 64 or sunshine. There are very clearly certain things that the game wants you to do with maybe some deviation and stuff. But they are so well put together, and honestly, this is going to be a take that I'm sure is so going to be so boring by the end of the week. This feels like the Breath of the Wild of Mario. Uh, yeah, see, I wanted to avoid saying that, but just the little bit I played of it, it really did. It somehow manages to be so fucking open-ended and, like, explorative while feeling, like, so carefully put together and designed and just well thought out. Like, there were points where I was panning my camera, and I was thinking, I'm pretty sure the developer intended for me to pan my camera from this specific location to over here to catch my eye in this specific way, and, like, it it just brought back the those Breath of the Wild memory. Like, it's so incredible how they managed to... Honestly, they I think they found a middle ground between the two concepts better than Galaxy even does. It's Good. really fucking cool. Um like I'm going to keep this very spoiler light. There's one part or whatever where there's just a lone pillar with a moon on it. And the 
only way, to my knowledge, that you can get there is you need to hijack a bullet bill and then boost the fuck over there and then, like, jump out at the last minute before the bullet bill explodes and get to the uh, little moon. And there's, like, no hints to tell you how to do that or, like, anything like that. You just have to figure it out and explore and kind of find the stuff in the environment that'll let you get what you want. Um, A lot of people have been... saying stuff like they've gotten feelings from Mario Odyssey that they haven't felt since the point-and-click adventure days, and I don't think that's an unfair comparison. There's a lot of weird puzzle solving and, and like, area exploration that you gotta do to get some of those moons, and it's really fun. I love it a lot. Yeah, honestly, it makes me kind of, like, sad that I don't get to play it right now when it's new, you know? Yeah. I wish I had a Switch... But alas. One day. One, one day. day. Hey, it's not going away, so... Yeah. Um... Yeah, it's really... I love it a lot. It's... I'm not sure how it's going to end up in my 3D Mario rankings, just because the Mario 64 nostalgia is real, and Mario 3D World is very close to my heart. <laughs> but I would not be surprised if it's up there for me. So. I would say, just based on a little bit I played, this is probably going to be my favorite 3D Mario. Uh, also, too, it's very weird because the areas, like like the desert, for example, are simultaneously bigger and smaller than I thought they would be. Hmm. Like, they're not super big open sandboxes that you can necessarily get lost in, but they're way bigger than any of, like, your 64 or Sunshine levels. So yeah, yeah, it, for sure. It's it's a nice like honestly, it kind of reminds me of after I beat Breath of the Wild, I kind of had that opinion I think I told you where it's like, man, I'd love to see what they would do or like just put like I want to see this type of world design but in like a more compressed space. I think that's kind of what Mario Odyssey is. It's little mini sandboxes kind of like a 64 map but a little bit bigger but it's just packed with shit so i don't know if you paused the game and saw this or i don't even know if this was in the demo did you know in that desert map alone there are 69 of those power moons i've been told nice first of all Um, yeah no i wasn't gonna say it they fucking had to have known that by the way like come the fuck on no i don't know yeah you're right maybe who knows one of them had to have known some like someone on the staff. Chuckled, One of the interns, but, yeah. yeah like... But yeah, and like I, I have like twenty right now, and I don't know where the fuck those forty other moons are. <laughs> well, I gotta find them. I, I can't wait to, cause it's like. I, it's like I'm. It would be one thing if I was at like 55, and it's like, okay, where the fuck are these last few stra- like stragglers or whatever? But it's like I got two thirds of the fucking things to go. Yeah. Um. So I'm really excited to see where that goes. I I might take a break from that part and uh, move on and explore some of the other areas for now, and just uh, I I might mainline like bolt through the uh, main story and then go back for all the other ones, you know. Yeah. Um Oh yeah, the game begins with what I can only describe as like something you would see out of a top 10 anime battles scene. Fuck off. It legitimately starts with Bowser and Mario fighting on an airship. Like you press start and Mario and Bowser are locked in combat and Peach is off to the side going, "Mario!" 
Of course, as she's known to do. Yeah, and then Bowser throws his cap and flings Mario off the side of the airship. <laughs> it's the goofiest shit in the world. So, yeah. It's really fun, though. I can't wait to continue playing it. I'm sure it'll be somewhere in my top ten games of the year, unless something really weird happens with it. Yeah. Well, so, if you're wrapping up, I did have the one thing. Yeah. Um, so, I was talking, my boss was talking with me about the game today, because he bought it and he's been playing it. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, like, like, he likes it, but it's not clicking with him, and I was like, why is it? And he told me his reason. And at first, I thought, that's a stupid reason, why would you even care? And then, like, as the day went on, I was, hmm, you know, like, uh, uh. And by the end of it, I'm like, you know what, that would, that, that does kind of suck. Um, his problem is that there's no hub world. Oh. So when you look back on 64 and Sunshine, that hub world is really good. And it ties everything together, and there's fun little things to do there, and it breaks up the action in between the zones. I'm a really big fan of Delfino Plaza. And there's no equivalent. That's very true. And it's one of those things where it's like, that wouldn't take away points or anything, but that does kind of suck. Yeah. It's like the one thing they didn't bring back, you know? So, to be fair, I don't know how far he got. I don't know if he got to New Donk City. Mm. Maybe it just takes a few worlds to get there? Hopefully. I don't know. I mean, yeah, I can I live know. without it, but yeah, that is kind of a bummer now that you reference it. Well, I think New Donk City is a level, it's not a hub. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, that makes sense. You you have, like, a little rocket ship you travel around in. Yeah. Um. Oh, okay, actually, I do want to talk about a few... Well, one disappointment. Um. Some of the advanced cap options, as far as I know, you can only do with motion controls... Mm, so if you want to so if you want to say jump and then throw cappy at an enemy flying above you you need to jump and then flick your controller of choice upward Hmm. and mario will fling it up there is no other way to my knowledge to accomplish this without flicking your controller man it's it's kind of almost like mario games with motion controls shouldn't happen huh uh, same with if you want to jump and then do a downward throw. Here's mm. the worst one. It is not uncommon for you to be surrounded by, like, minuscule... Like, there are, like, these tiny little shitty Goombas that will just pop out of the ground and surround you real quick. The best way to deal with those is with... A, there, Cappy has the spin attack, basically, where he spins around you once, twice, three times, and, like, he, he, he goes further out with each orbit around Mario. Really useful spin attack if you're surrounded. You can only do do that by flicking the um, controller left or right. Now, from my personal experience, using the Pro Controller, the game really likes to register that as a downward movement, which means Mario just throws the fucking thing straight and down to the ground, and it sucks. <laughs> Now, what's even more peculiar and kind of frightening to me, 
was when I opened the options menu and I saw in the controls menu the option that said motion controls on or off. Now, being who I am, I clicked off, thinking, oh, maybe they'll give me button inputs for those commands now. No. You still no? have to flick for those commands. I don't know what turning those motion controls off does. What? I, the only thing I can assume is maybe, like, later on you control stuff that, like, would be motion-controlled, but now will be button-controlled. Hmm, I guess, yeah. But I wish that there was, like, a description or something to let me know what the fuck was going on with that, because that, that actually kind of made me a little mad. So far, that's my only main dunk on the game, and hey, if you read all the reviews... Basically everything that I've read is like 10 out of 10, 9 out of 10. The only thing that anyone seems to have any problem with is basically that, is the uh, the um, motion controls. I did see, I think it was Eurogamer said that this game feels a little less polished than what you come, like, you've kind of come to expect from, like, really, really lovingly, like, put-together Mario games. And, like, I can kind of feel that even through, like, what I've played, but, like, at the same time, I think the world design itself was focused on so much more that I can live with the the occasional moment of, like, weirdness to it, you know? Yeah. And even that's just stuff, like, sometimes you'll pop into an area and, like, you kind of have to, like... Oh, oh, that's the other thing. To my knowledge, this is the first Mario game that gives you the full 360-degree camera control with the right analog stick. I think that's kind of what they're talking about. Sometimes, like, they'll throw you into a new area and the camera's kind of angled a little wonky and you're going to want to fix that, and it can kind of kill the flow a little bit, but, like, other than that, it's fine. So. It was a Mario Galaxy joke, by the way. What was? When I said, like, a Mario game shouldn't have motion controls. Oh, that's fine. It's just, like, a... Just play play it in Dolphin want to like bring that you know just so god just so it's like you know just want to how do i live with these people man i would totally love galaxy one and two on switch without the controls <laughs> but, if it w- but that's the terrible thing if it's on switch they can just keep the controls oh fuck god damn it that's I I had that exact moment when I was thinking about Skyward Sword. I was like, imagine if they like redid Skyward Sword with button controls. And I was like, fuck, the only era that would have happened in was Wii U. So, now that we're on the Switch, they could just do the motion controls again. So here's my thing. I know One Two Switch apparently reviewed okay, but like, it seems like more and more mainstream reviews are saying the same thing over and over with Nintendo first party games. As it's like, okay, you guys got to stop it with the motion gimmicks. They won't. I, I I hope that eventually it becomes enough of a thing where they realize people just don't like them enough that, like... Because they've already backed down on them since the Wii U days. Yeah, well, we'll see. We just need to slowly but surely let them keep backing down until they realize, okay, y'all don't want this shit. They won't. I know, but... It's been, like, over ten years, man. Yeah, but I mean, like, it's not the main gimmick anymore, you know? No, but it's still there. Yeah. I mean, they still try. Remember the conference where they talked about, like, Ice Cube HD Rumble and your motion? Like, fuck. Now, to be fair, though, I will say, 
at least in Breath of the Wild, they don't do the thing where they're like, okay, now use your Joy-Cons to aim. They say, hey, if you want to, you can enable motion controls for aiming. No, except for that one thing. Oh, the gyro fucking shrine thing. Yeah, that, that shit is garbage. But also, reviews called that out. Sure. Just gotta keep calling out their bullshit. Um... Fuck, what was I gonna say? Oh, yeah. Also, too, the boss fights feel like they're just, like, Mario 3D World boss fights, but, like, maybe a little bit better. (laughs) Um, you have, like, these weird, like, rabbit people that I feel like at some point were supposed to be Koopalings, but there's only four four of them. No, they're supposed to be rabbits. Dude, they make noises that are eerily rabbits-like. Nice. And I can't tell how intentional it is. I've seen a picture of them, and I thought they were rabbits for a moment. Honestly. Man, I can't believe there are two Mario Rabbids crossover games this year. I know. Yeah, Mario Odyssey ah! is good. Bah! That was a bad one. I used to be able to do it real good. Believe me. I do. So, there's that. Now... We should probably talk about the big new event that everyone wants to hear us talk about. Everyone. Every single person that stayed for almost two and a half hours. Yeah, or doesn't know how to read the the table of contents. Listen, man, no one knows how to read. Yeah, that's true. That's why they need to take out their curiosity paddles. Let's go on a curiosity voyage. Man, that you that one really stuck with you. Dude, I that was my favorite part of Stranger Things season one is when Dustin calls the fucking teacher in the middle of the night when he's like trying to like have that date with that one girl and he's like, Mr. Whatever, you always told us to go and tackle any curiosity door that we ever found. Why does this one have to remain locked? <laughs> And I'm so happy we got the worthy follow-up of fucking shit kid Dustin running out and stealing a bunch of library books while saying, I need my paddles. <laughs> it's so good. It's a good scene. <laughs> it's really good. Um, Let's talk about Stranger Things Season 2. I Is this a spoiler cast? Yes. Yes, it is. Okay. Well, okay, 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 okay. Let's, let's actually, let's maybe calm down on that a little bit. Okay, okay. Let's have some spoiler-free impressions, and then we can get into the shit when we are both comfortable with it. Personally, for spoiler-free stuff, I don't have too much to say that I'm comfortable saying in terms of... Like, there are some things that I could, like, say in terms of impressions, but I feel like would still... It's on the cusp of giving too much away, I feel. So, okay. I, so I'd rather play it safe, like like I said. I'm one of those people that don't give a fuck about getting spoiled, but I know a lot of people do, and I want to I wanna yeah. respect that. And for what it's worth, e- even if this goes up a little late, it is still very new. It is, like, a day or two old. <laughs> so it is it is new. Um, so I want to give my impressions. Then you, I'm going to give, like, a, just a, a two-sentence thing right here, and then you can give your thing, and we can, we can go from there. So sure. I think that Stranger Things 2 was really good. I think it was a little bit messier and not as well plotted out as the original. And I don't, I'm not convinced they knew what they wanted to do with 11. (laughs) Mm, Okay. 
I all, oh, okay, then the other thing. I think this time around, I don't think they got away as much with playing into some of the tropes. <laughs> I think we're going to feel very similar about this. Okay, okay. I think there is a few wink-wink nudge-nudges that they gave, but I was I was left with the impression of, now, if this was Stranger Things 1, you guys would have done the wink-wink nudge-nudge, then do something different. But this yeah. time, you're doing the wink-wink nudge-nudge, and you're fucking going for it, so, hmm. I still love so, I still love you, but mm, I'm giving you the stink so, eye this time. My thing is that Stranger Things season one, and for what it's worth, I'm pretty sure we had an episode about that show. Yes, we did. We well, I mean, we we it. had an episode where we talked about it for ten minutes and said, "Yeah, it's great. Go watch it." Oh uh, well, in my mind, it was an hour long spoiler cast. Um, one of the things I loved about Stranger Things season one was that it subverted your expectations yes. on a lot of the tired out tropes yes um and we will get more into this in the spoiler stuff Mm -hmm. um stranger things season two um is a 80s sequel yes yes this is aliens this is a sequel it hits all of the sequel trope notes yes um it does some of them well it does some of them not as well it Mm -hmm. never subverts them yeah and that is kind of a sticking point for me. I still really enjoyed it. Um, I was a little worried at first. The first couple episodes, I had some issues. Um, as it went on, it hit started hitting those same beats as season one in terms of like the coolness factor, the the strange things. Yeah, it started to win me over. It, I, the first few I watched, I didn't dislike, but I was like, "These are okay to good." And then towards the second half, I'm like, y- "Y'all are y'all are winning me over again." Yeah. So it it got real good. Yeah. Um, and I would except say, for I, one particular episode, we'll probably talk about. We'll talk about that. Okay. <laughs> um, I say my main thing going into this season is that I was worried I would feel like it didn't need to exist. And I think that some people can make that argument, but I think overall, I am happy that it does exist. Same. It is a sequel, but it is a good sequel. Yeah. So, take that for what it will. And in the same vein as many 80s horror sequels go, it's fine, it's good even, but it ain't the original. <laughs> so, it ain't, no. So, in more ways than, than one did it live up to, to the whole 80s throwback shit. Absolutely. <laughs> um, I don't got anything else general to talk about unless you do. So we can yeah, go into no. spoilers if we want. Yeah, if you're someone that doesn't want to get into spoilers, just know that it is worth watching. Just go into it with maybe a little bit tempered expectations on some of those more meta elements. Okay, so we're gonna gonna go five, four, three, two, one. We in spoiler territory. Get the fuck back if you want to be here. Hell yeah. Okay, so oh god, where do we start? So, um, <laughs> let's start from the beginning. Actually, yeah. Okay, can I can I say something real quick? Because I sure. feel like a dumbass. Zach, I watched all the fucking trailers. I did not put two and two together that the thing that came out of Will's mouth at the end of season one was going to be the big giant thing in the sky from the trailers. And as soon as they reveal that early on, I was like, why the fuck didn't I think that would be where that's going? Yeah. Um, I had a feeling that they were going to do multiple demigorgons. Cause like, you know, that is the sequel thing to do, you know? Yeah, exactly. 
Um, I didn't expect demi dogs, but I like demi dogs. They're 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 good. Yes, I also like Silent Hill slash Resident Evil creatures. Oh god, I was thinking that the whole fuck. Okay, Zach, I want your honest to god opinion. Every time they said dart, did you think of a certain PlayStation One JRPG? No. <laughs> oh, oh, mm. oh, this is embarrassing. Oh, <laughs> Rosin. Uh, I, 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 I did not spend the entire run of Stranger Things Season 2 thinking about The Legend of Dragoon. I spent a lot of Stranger Things Season 2 thinking about The Legend of Dragoon. <laughs> <laughs> um, God, okay, so here's the thing. So Amanda and I watched the, like, watched, I think it was episodes 1 through 3 last night, and then we watched the rest of them this morning. So they kind of are blurring together for me, especially the early ones. Yeah. Um... Well, I want to start right away with, I mean, episode one, one of my biggest worries is that they start you right off with, hey, check out the new kid. What do you think of Max? I thought she was really... Mm. At the start, I was like, eh, by the end of it, I liked her a lot. Yeah, I think she has a terrible introduction, and I think for those first few episodes, it's really worrying, and then by the end, she fits in pretty well. Um, I kind of wish we got a little bit more about her home life than just random conversation of like, oh, family divorce, and then my stepdad and stepbrother are assholes. I, I want to talk about them, okay. but we can talk about them later. Okay. Um, because that's kind of more of a thing towards the end and with character stuff. It is, it is. Um, I, I, I want to give, I don't know whether I should give props or roll my eyes for one of the kids saying, but girls don't play video games. I laughed at that and I was like, that has to be tongue in cheek. It is. Oh, come on. Yeah. No, uh, yeah, we, we, we laughed at that. So, um... I also love how, like, her... So here's... Okay, here's a thing that Amanda and I argued about. Did people in the arcade days do the username thing? I've... Now, to be fair, Mad Max is a nickname that I know many people with the name Max have. So maybe that's where to go with that. So all I can say is I've seen this trope before. I've seen other things set in the 80s where kids went, what, my top score? Who is this person? Yeah, yeah. So maybe? And then it's the girl. Yeah, exactly. Also, fuck that one episode called Dig Dug that barely has anything to do about Dig Dug. I was so disappointed. Super props for the episode called Mind Flayer, though, because us D&D nerds knew when that was going to be, hey. Dude, I saw that in the episode list, and I was like, "Mm, that's some good shit. (laughs) Um, Oh, okay. So I want to say, though, this is a random aside, but I I want one of these in my life at some point, but I'm never going to be able to afford one. See, I said that about VR, and then I got one. Yeah. So if I keep saying that about things I want, eventually, um, my life. I want a mansion, but I'll never be able to afford one. Yeah, exactly. So there was a pizzeria. Well, there is a pizzeria in my town that used to have a cocktail table arcade machine that was Dig Dug and Pac Man. 
and it was red as fuck because you could eat pizza and like you know drink some crap or whatever and then like fucking play dig dug or like pac-man and like it had like tiny little joystick tiny little buttons that was like in a little section right underneath the table and eventually like kind of got old and crappy and they tossed it out but that was the raddest fucking shit and i miss it so much when i think of dig dug i think of that table Fair enough. I Co- mean, yeah. Cocktail table arcade machines are dope as fuck, and they are official things that people had. <laughs> I, I didn't know of them. They were not very common from what I know. To be honest, I don't know how the fuck we got one of them in the middle of nowhere over here, but, like, a lot of barcades... Barcades are, like, a thing nowadays that a lot of... Because, like, arcades are fucking dead, but barcades are, like, starting to be a thing that major cities and stuff are doing. Apparently, they're more and more popular over there nowadays too but yeah it's just fucking like it's a table of like like a glass table and then your video game is on the table being played they're right as fuck love dig dog because of that cool yeah so but anyways going back to uh stranger things yeah (laughs) um yeah so at first i was like oh okay um I I thought the whole bit with uh, her throwing the thing in the trash and it was just stop stalking me was cute. <laughs> yeah, that was good. A little tropey maybe, but that was cute. Yeah. Um. I was kind of okay. Maybe this is just my middle school didn't work this way. I'm kind of shocked they had the same science teacher. Yeah. Because at least, maybe, to be fair, maybe in the 80s, that it was we're, I, I, kind of before our times, a little bit. So, I, I did have, once or twice, I would have a teacher that taught multiple years of the same subject. I, I did, I, too, I but that it. wasn't until high school. I think I had one in middle school that did that. Okay, okay. Because, yeah, for, for me in middle school, every year of middle school was a completely different set of teachers. No, there was no... Nor- normally that was the case for me as well, but I think there was one instance where I had a repeat. Okay. Sometimes we'd have teachers from different grades sub for others, but that was it. Yeah. Um... Oh, God, what what else early episode-wise can we, can we chat about? Mm, I don't know. I mean, we can start getting into the more middle to later stuff if you want. Um, oh, because oh, honestly, okay. those those first few episodes, there wasn't a lot going on other than setup. No, I I actually do remember. So, the one thing that I was maybe like, okay, maybe you guys listened a little bit too much to the fan stuff is because there was the whole oh how the fuck does no one worry about like everyone forgot about barb that was a big thing that everyone talked about in the first thing now to be fair that is a valid complaint because it's like her best friend just fucking died she gets over it pretty fast yeah um i don't know if that needed to be a big plot point thing so here's my problem with it okay i think it's i think the idea of that is fine the problem is that she did get over it in season one she does and it, it feels kind of cheap to then go oh well no she really didn't and like well no but she did i was there for it and i saw her get over it yeah um okay there's a thing i wanted this is gonna start for... this is this is a, th- a thread that goes throughout the entire thing now i think you and i were on the same page with season one that we loved that nancy got with steve and not jonathan fuck yeah so, as soon at the start of this, 
where Nancy's like, this is bullshit, and you're bullshit, and, like, all this other shit, I was like, oh, no, 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 no. I was like, please don't, please don't. So here's the thing. They finally won me over by the end with it. They did not win me over. Okay. And the only reason I say it is because they're seniors in high school, and now just from my personal experience, I knew a lot of people that were in relationships like that where it was fine, like, for a while, but then eventually it just got to a point where it's like, we aren't the most compatible people. And around the time college was about to start, they kind of realized maybe this maybe this was fun, but maybe not, you know? So here's my problem with that. Okay. If, if, one... We got to see them be a normal couple for a little bit longer into season two. I agree with that. I agree with that. And if she didn't immediately get with Jonathan. Yeah. Because one, fuck Jonathan, for real. Actually, Um, yeah. He's not a very good character. He's got nothing to him aside from being the sensitive soul outcast. He never evolves beyond like, oh, my brother and oh, I want this girl. Now, to be fair, I really do like his scenes with Will. Sure, yes. But that's about it. And also, too, I kind of never got over the creepy photography thing from yes, the first season. that is never. He never has had to own up to that. He got bullied about it once, rightfully, yeah. and then that was it. Everyone forgave him. I, I honestly, like, I kind of think it's weird that Nancy didn't. So, it really, really feels like they subverted the expectation in season one. Maybe got a little bit of fan feedback going, no, but she should be with Jonathan, though. See, and but then everyone, I, everyone I've ever talked to was so happy that she wound up with Steve, though. I heard a few people. Oh, but really? yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. But, like, it's so weird, because it feels like... It feels like they expected us to be like, yeah, finally, with the one yeah. that we knew she should have been with. But no, like, it was great that you didn't do that. Yeah. If if they had just broken up, and then she had, like, more than a single day to be a person outside of her relationships, I would have been okay with and that. And then they kind of do a thing in the final, like, scene or two where they're kind of like, well, they're not really together yet, but it's like, oh, come on, they're going to be together. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, they, they kind of act like they still aren't, but they totally are. They um are. I did, okay, you probably didn't, I liked the scene where, like, they're both, like, going in and out of their rooms, like, let's spend the night. I I thought that was awkward teenage, like, oh, fuck, sharing a bed, though, that I've had, <laughs> like, I... It's an I've, okay scene. <laughs> I've seen that happen with people multiple times, and I was like, yeah. Also, how was the pullout? Man, that was a good line. <laughs> oh, God. I I had to pause because I was dying of laughter from that. And for what it's worth, Nancy's actress played that scene very well. Yeah. Of her, like, looking away and, like, laughing, but... Yeah. Um... I... Yeah, I do wish that... Okay, so here's the thing. I do wish, like you said, we got a little bit more breathing room. Or also, too, like... I would have been fine with Nancy just breaking up with Steve and then her and Jonathan just deci- like all three of them deciding just to be friends. Yeah, exactly. It's the fact that 
they she broke up with Steve, and it is very clearly them being like, well, we need to wrap that one up because this relationship is about to happen. And like uh, from a writing perspective, it's like, nah, you, you it, I can see through it, and I don't like it. Yeah. Now, I do feel weird because like I do feel in a way that long term Nancy and Jonathan are like a more compatible pair. But that's why it sucks. Yeah. Because they're compatible because that's what the tropes are. Because in any other fucking story, that's who would end up together. Mm-hmm. Also, too, so if they are going to double down on the Jonathan Nancy thing, the one thing I also do kind of feel is, like, Jonathan did have that shit or whatever where... Remember the first season or whatever where, like he kind of called her out on being like people always talk shit about being outcast and being rebellious. I'm the guy who gets picked on for being weird all the fucking time. And like all of those people are going to go work as like accountants or whatever. And Nancy kind of realizing like, you know, maybe I am normal and maybe that's so, you know what I mean? Like that's kind of an eye opening thing for her. Mm. I kind of wish that maybe they would play on off that more or, or do something. Cause right now it's just, they're like, yeah, they're both kind of the awkward smart teens you know i i really feel like so, so in general i i really feel like jonathan and nancy their plot line didn't do anything for me in this season and i feel like a lot of it was an excuse and hey we'll get into this even more later but a lot of it felt like an excuse to get them out of the plot for as long as possible yeah. The whole reporter thing, like the journalist and the Barb thing. It's like, I feel like the entire Barb journalist subplot was just an excuse to have these characters not be around to so help out. I feel like they kind of half ass. So, Stranger Things Season 1. A lot of different plot threads with different character groups that then thread together towards the end to create something really fucking rad. Yeah, I think they tried to go for that again, but they're too removed from one another to the point where when everything comes back at the end, it's cool, but it's not as cool. <laughs> so the difference to me is that season one, the plot threads converge. Season two, the characters converge. Yeah, that's I can and agree like, with that. The journalist thing, Eleven's thing, those don't really... Yeah, that's true. Th those don't have anything to do with the thing at the end. The characters just come back to help out with the main thread this time. Yeah, once the plot is done, having them be apart. Now, I have a question. Yeah. Because this is the main one thing I have with the Jonathan-Nancy thing, other than what we discussed. I would be more fine with it, too, if they did address the creepy photography thing. Yeah. Absolutely. If if any kind of development happened with Jonathan, where, like, they addressed the fact that he was kind of a creepy stalker boy, yeah. maybe he grows up a little bit, owns up to it, uh, you know, mm -hmm. anything, literally anything. Yeah. Um, like I said, they did kind of win me over at the end with it, but I still would have preferred if either, A, they all have been friends, or just as, like, you know, Steve and them just continue hanging out. Um, and being a thing. The thing is, though, like... What... This... Mm, Steve is, like, the best character on this show. <laughs> and, like... 
could couldn't that have like lasted a little bit longer i i don't know i i liked him a lot i don't know if he was my like favorite character so i just for me it's hopper but (laughs) that's fair i love in season one what they do with steve's character Mm -hmm. because i i truly didn't see it coming he's my runner-up i love the idea of like you know what so i I, i've been like reumulating these thoughts a little bit i don't know if that's a real word fuck it um (laughs) I'm gonna Google that. A lot of fuck off. A lot of media and stories written about nerdy things or from nerdy people. A lot of these more science fiction stories. You can tell the characters that are like. So I looked up "rumulating," and the second result was "history of the Republican Party." So good job, Zach. Hey, no problem. Um. The nerdy character gets in this the hot chick. Yeah, it's Jonathan because it's wish fulfillment, and it's like, hey, all the jocks are the ones that pick up. But like in real life, in real fucking life, I'm sorry, but every popular kid was not a monster. Every jock was not a bully. Yeah, and I love the fact that it's like, no, you know what? Deep down, like, sure he had some bad friends, but deep down. This was a good fucking guy, you know? Well, no, because that was the thing I pre... It, I'm 95% sure I talked about this in the last WAFT. The best part about Steve's character is that he is the epitome of, like, high school tryhard, where he cares so much about his image and what his friends think about him that when he's around his friends and those in, those bad influences are around him, he acts like a piece of shit. But as soon as, like, he realizes these people are bad people and I don't... Want, I don't really like them, actually. Like, as soon as he gets away from them, and he becomes a better person, and he's like, I don't need to act out like that. And, like, yeah. I, I, I've talked about this before. One of my friends in high school was that guy where when he was hanging out with us, he was one of the nicest motherfuckers. And as soon as, like, a girl came around, or, like, one of the more popular, like, more athletic types or whatever, he immediately became an asshole. Like, yeah. like that. Like, there are people like that. And that's what I loved about Steve's characters. Like, they nailed that part of it. But um, even even before he ditches those friends, though, what I really appreciated was, like, based on tropes and things you've seen in media like this before, when you see the, the cool jock boy with the asshole friends going after the girl trying to get her in bed, you're programmed to think, oh, this is just an asshole that wants to have sex with her and then spread rumors. Yeah. But, like, no, he is in love with this girl. Like, he yeah. really cares. And even, like, when he's hanging out with the bad people, he cares. Yeah. And that is so refreshing because it's... Humanizing. <laughs> it's humanizing, and it's real in a way that most <laughs> science fiction authors and most, like, nerdy authors would not do because they have so much they want to vent about the jocks, you know? Yeah, and, and like, that's that was always a weird thing for me growing up. I think I've talked about this before. The Like, I didn't really have, like, a clique you could easily assign a word to in, like, high school because we were kind of, like... Like, the only thing that we really got was that pretty much everyone in that group except for me played a fucking instrument and was, like, in a band. So we were kind of, like, weird music creative types kids. And, like, we kind of hung out with the nerds, kind of hung out with the jocks, kind of, like, we were, like, we hung out with everyone, kind of, you know. Like, everyone was fine with us. If there was beef, it was between people. Like, there weren't huge groups of people that would, like, dunk on us sort of thing, you know. So I kind of missed out on the whole, like, 
oh, no, the popular kids are going to bully me. It was always like, oh, there's the one asshole that would bully. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it was a lot I... more individualized and like. I never got the full click thing, so that always was a weird thing for me growing up, because it's like, I've actually, I've known a lot of jocks in my life that were super cool people. <laughs> um, yeah, and, and you know what? From my point of view, hey, I was kind of the outcast. I, I, I had a couple of, like, friends here and there, and, like, we were very nerdy people, and we all got picked on and stuff, yeah. but, like, even then, I, I knew better than to think that every single person who was popular was a monster, you know? Like, Like, I knew better. I hate to say it, I know people that are, like, around our age that still think that everyone who likes football is an asshole, and it's like, dog, I'm sorry, but, like, no. (laughs) No, that's not the way the world works. It's America's most popular pastime. You need to get over it. Well, Uh, like, at some point, you need to grow up and realize that, like, yeah, man, you remember the people that bullied you because kids and teenagers are assholes, and the ones yeah. that bullied you are the ones that stand out the most, but there's like 500 other people in that school that liked football and were cheerleaders that were totally fine people. Yeah. And I love that element of Stranger Things, and I think it's really disappointing then that they kind of then back down and pander to the outcast, you know, nerdy boy. But Yeah. Now, if in season three, because they're going to be season three... I hope they fuck with that more where Jonathan and Nancy's thing just doesn't work out. <laughs> yeah. That would be cool to have that happen again. <laughs> yeah. So that being said about Steve, though, I was worried. Dude, I was really worried at first that Steve's plot line was going to be him getting egged on to take back his jock asshole throne mm-hmm. by the new kid. Yeah. Because they were building that up. And, and then, it's so one-sided, I love it. It is so one-sided, Steve could not give less of a fuck <laughs> it's so about that. And the fact that his plotline ends up being him being this, like, awesome big brother mentor to the kids it's, was the best. It's So here's the thing. For the first half of the series, I was like, fuck, they don't really know what to do with Steve now that John, like Jonathan and Nancy's, like, being a thing, right? And then he starts to look after the kids, and I was like, mm? and then, like, yeah, like, by the end, I was like, yes, okay, they, they they did it. And also, too, the fact that Steve has the conversation where he's like, Nance, just go with Jonathan, it's fine. Yeah. I was like, what a fuck, like, I'm sorry, but, like, I can count the guys on my, like, right hand <laughs> that would willingly give up their girlfriend and be like, you clearly like that guy, better go for it, girl, you know? like he, That's what I'm saying, he's the best character, he's like, he's so, the nicest guy in the he is, world. He is, like, I want to say, honestly, the closest thing the show has to a real deal fucking hero. Like, sure, he has some sass and attitude that, like... He's kind. He can be kind of a dick about some things to the kids, especially like he can be a little short tempered. But he's like, I'd I'd argue he's more of a hero than Hopper attitude wise a lot of the time. Yeah, absolutely. And even when he's being a dick to the kids, it's it's coming he, from a place of I don't want to be eaten by alien things. Yeah, and it's like it's never it never feels like malicious or mean. It always feels like. He's the older brother talking shit to the kids, and they get that. Yeah. Like, the bit where he's, like, one of my favorite lines is just, like, hey, how come the stranger girl's the only one helped me out? Get the fuck up, you know? (laughs) Um, I love 
that he still has the bat, and Dustin's like, hey, do you still have that cool bat? And he's like, why? He's like, the one with all the nails! <laughs> like, that was, yeah. that was really good. Um, moving up the, the food chain here, um, mm. how did you feel about... Let, okay, so let's let's separate out the adults here. How did you feel about the Hopper and Eleven stuff at the beginning? So... I felt a little cheated. Because you thought that a lot of this... Okay, so I, I think we both probably thought a large part of this is going to be, oh, where's Eleven? Yeah. Okay, yeah, that's what I thought too. I also thought that... So at the end of... So at the end of season one, there's the scene where he puts the egos in the thing. Yeah. And that was mysterious, and like, well, why did he do that? Does he know something we don't know? Is she stuck on, like, the other, like, world, and he's transporting these, you know? Like, yeah. what the fuck's that all about? And then it apparently was a, like, coincidence? I think what that was supposed to be is he did that, and they were being taken. Because she was out in the woods, at the very least. Yeah. So I think that was just before he found her. He was just leaving them there as like a hey if you find if you happen to find these like yeah I guess but like I don't know I I feel like maybe they backed down from a plot line somewhere I think they did too but uh yeah so that being said like I felt a little cheated but I ultimately liked their dynamic a fair bit I like their relationship a lot and I really like the conversation they have in the car at the end uh, it's really really good um, cause the whole time I was watching that, I was like, oh, he doesn't want to lose another one. Exactly. <laughs> and like, they never say it until the very end where he admits to her, like, I had another daughter named Sarah. And like, it's like, yeah, that, that's why he's that harsh because he's terrified of going through that pain again. Yeah. And that was so like, oh God, that was great. Um, also, just the whole, the terror of having to discipline a angry, emotional teenage girl with psychic powers. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry, I would not sign up for that job. Yeah, it's a rough one. Especially when she's not allowed to leave a building and be a normal teenage girl. Um, oh, you know what I will say? Because they constantly show, like, oh, um, Mike is always calling out to her, but she's not... Like, she can't answer, but she really wants to. Yeah. So, Mike is, I think, pretty inarguably the main character of season one. Yes. He is so reduced in role in this one that sometimes I kind of forgot he was around. Same. Like, Dustin is more of a character than he is in this one. Honestly, yeah. And I didn't mind, because, like, Mike yeah. is just okay to me. Um, yeah, I, I mean, one... I like that, like, one person is not going to be the main character of life, you know? Yeah, exactly. And it was one of those things where I kind of realized, though, Mike doesn't have too much outside of Eleven. Yeah. And I think that's okay for a child. Yeah. Because for a kid to, like, fall in, like, as much as you can believe a kid can fall in love, whatever your thoughts on that are. Yeah. Yeah. For a character, his character. I mean, they're in eighth in grade. Like, yeah, I remember people dating and expressing stronger emotions around seventh grade. Yeah, and like for that, I believe that like 
for someone that young to experience a loss like that yeah. would probably consume them for at least a year. Well, I remember I got, like, the first time I got, like, that sort of experience around, like, seventh grade or whatever. That ruined me for, like, a month. Like, yeah. it was a hard recovery from that. And, like, so that's kind of my only thing where, like, the the only real thing that bothers me about the Eleven Hopper situation is that I feel like those characters all went through enough together in season one that he should have told Mike. I wondered that, too. He could have found a time to pull him aside and say, hey, here's where to go. The only other thing that I kind of feel or wonder about is even by the end of that first season... It's very clear that even though he has a lot of respect for them, he still is like, these are kids and, like, kids are going to be kids. I think he was probably a little worried they would have done something stupid that would have gotten them, like, the attention. Because, like, all of their houses are super bugged. (laughs) Yes, that's a plot point. (laughs) So, I think he was worried about that, but also, too, like, there was a little bit of me that was, like, he can't even leave a note that's like she's fine because like as far as mike's concerned she could be dead you know like yeah he probably thinks she is like he could have done something maybe to just be like she's fine you know like i can't say more but she's fine you know like yeah um yeah, that was that was some. I really liked the scene kind of towards the end where Mike is just flipping a shit out at him, and Top's like, "Yeah, blame me. <laughs> it's my fault. Yeah. Blame me." Yeah, that was good. <laughs> um, yeah, Hops is a great character. He, he's my favorite. I love everything about him. Um, I kind of the only thing with Hopper this season that I was like, "Okay, come the fuck on." I don't believe that he would jump into that hole without having a rope back up. Yeah. That was really dumb to me. Um, Because every other character that goes in there, they have some way out. Yeah, although, like, to be fair, the vines did close around his hole. Yeah, but even then, like, that's a way high up hole. How the fuck was he planning on getting back out? Yeah, yeah, true. Like, was he gonna climb the wall? (laughs) Like... Was he gonna wall jump like Mario? <laughs> um, uh, okay, I want to talk about. Uh, I always forget Winona Ryder's uh, character name. Joyce. Will's mom. Joyce. Oh, Joyce. Okay. Joyce. Okay. I like Bob a lot. <laughs> um. Don't you mean Samwise Gamgee? Oh fuck! Fuck! Zach. I didn't what? realize. You didn't realize? I... That's all I could see in here the whole time. God damn it, Zach. Fuck. <laughs> Fuck. At least you're lucky you didn't realize while you were watching. Oh my god, it's Samwise. Yes. Damn it. Shit. Ah, oh, you're so right. Okay, well, so, Bob the Brain. Um... Yeah. I have a blog post to write about that character, which you can find at Rosin.Zone whenever that's up, because I have some strong emotional, personal connection to that fucking character. Really? Yes, actually. Okay. Um, 
But it, actually, I will, I will say, it has not been since Bran from Game of Thrones where I have looked at, like, a brown-haired child and gone like, shit, that's some fucking shit that I can relate to from my time as a kid. Bob the Brain? Yes. Well, Will's relationship with him. Okay, okay. Um, and I thought you were saying just Bob. <laughs> n- no, well, I mean, yes, I mean, kind of. He's part of it. Okay. Um, but also, Will's mental state at the start of this season also, too, was like, oh, <laughs> there's some things there that I can I can feel some things towards. Um, yeah. So... Yeah, I really felt for Will, and then also, then suddenly, kind of around halfway through, he just kind of becomes a MacGuffin. So, so here's the thing about <laughs> uh, here's the thing about Will. Yeah, I feel like it's a little obvious that like, well, yeah, he's gotta be the one in danger in season two because of the way season one ended off. Yeah, it's a little unfortunate that the plot is gotta save will again yeah i think maybe some of it might have to do with how many people praise winona Ryder's acting when she was frantic about her kid i agree with that that being said that plot line is the coolest fucking shit i've ever seen uh do you mean with the virus hive mind yes yeah it's really good i loved it so it was kind of obvious that they foreshadowed him getting controlled by it but, like, the moment it happened, when it happened, I was a little blindsided by. The, the, so, do you mean the spying? Yes. Yeah, as soon as it was using Will as its eyes, I, I, I was blindsided by that super hard. I was like, Cause oh. Because I was, ex- I was expecting it, because they, they hinted at it. But, like, that exact moment being the moment, I, like, when it, I went, oh, fuck. You know? <laughs> so, here was my thing. My interpretation was, I figured that it connected to Will, and it was going to be using Will as a hostage. Like, hey, if you want to kill me, you're going to have to kill your kid. And that would have... And I mean, that is part of it, kind of. Yeah. But that's not its main goal. Its main goal is to just spread like a virus, and it's using Will as its eyes and protection, basically. And voice. Yes, actually. <laughs> Which is another thing. I was talking about this with someone earlier today. The the presence of like the supernatural in season 1 is never outwardly evil. Mm-hmm. It is bestial. Yeah. Like the the demogorgon never felt like a person. It felt like a monster. Yeah. And the upside down felt like a twisted world, but it felt like in some of the ways early Silent Hill was depicted not necessarily malicious or evil, just, just dangerous. dangerous. Yeah. Yes. Um, season two, this creature, the what they call the mind flayer towards the end, is a malicious intelligence. Yeah. And that is very different. Yeah. Um. So, as soon as Dustin got the uh, little fucking dart. Okay, I... What was the first thing that popped into your head? Because I will tell you mine. So I thought that it was the thing that came out of Will's mouth. Okay. But in terms of where the plot line was going, did anything pop into your head? Um, 
Because I'm going to say two words. And I was almost right, kind of, but not really. Say them, because I've got the, nothing. The very, very moment he picked that thing up, I said, Baby Metroid. Oh, okay, yes. Okay, kind of. I thought... I was not entirely right. But... You're, you're not entirely right. But also, too, that's kind of what I was thinking. I had an idea... Maybe he's going to train a good demigorgon that will fight another demigorgon. Yeah. It was kind of... I, di I thought it would be a thing or whatever where it's like, oh, they're in danger, and then it fights off the other one, and it's like, hey, some of these things could be good. And it kind of... But but no, it's really just like, uh, it lets them pass, you know? Yeah. Um, Which is fine. Yeah, they got the plot in there. Now, okay, I will say something. I have... I, I spoke with... I don't think it was Amanda, it was someone else I was speaking to about this, actually. But I, I definitely spoke with someone who was like, and I think actually Antinomi talked about this, too, so two people at this point. The kids kind of do some stupid kid stuff in this more than they did in season one that's a little, you start to get a little agitated by it. The, yeah. The, the things that, like, Dustin keeping that thing was stupid. Mm -hmm. Um... I, I do understand, hey, you have a pet you shouldn't have sort of feeling. Like, I mean, I've never done that, but, like, I get where that's coming from, and I can feel empathy towards that to a degree. But it gets to a point where it's like, man, I'm sorry, but it shouldn't have had to have been the cat being killed that made you realize that you shouldn't be keeping this fucking thing, you know? So, I have a major, like, major issue with this season that like honestly breaks it all down to a zero out of ten for me okay what happened to the turtle dude i was i yeah yeah because also too i so correct me if i'm wrong i've never had a turtle i had a friend who had a turtle cats attack turtles don't they also they needed the heat yeah that but, turtle is like dead underneath his bed forever yeah. now. Like that was worrying that that extremely distressed me. Um Rest in peace, Muse or whatever the fuck the one cat's name was. Yeah. Um Oh okay, no, so the other thing the, the other thing too. When Eleven comes back and meet at, like properly meets Max, the fact that she walked past her I was a little like really Still. So, let's get into Eleven. Okay. I, one of my most, like, disappointments in this season was the fact that they had Eleven seek out Mike and then become jealous that he was talking with another girl yeah, and run away. That was bad. That is so fucking lame. Because, first of all, it completely, like, it completely, it, it doesn't invalidate, but it, like, it dampens the relationship they built up in season one. And also, t so, like, part of me wants to be, like, again, at that age, like, I remember being a little, like, jealous when people I was interested in and, like, there's a thing going on, like, would talk with, uh, uh, you know what I mean? Like, stupid kid feelings, you know? Like... Sure, but, like, but it's the been a year... Yeah, that and also going that far as to run that far away, I was, like, really a little bit. Um, also, lame. too, I don't buy that by the end she wouldn't get over it. 
when she came back. The fact that she was still mad at Max, I, I don't get why. That's a little. It feels like, and this is some of the things about like season two. You can you can see the writers more than you could in season one. Yeah. Because I see that and I go, oh well, that's drama for season three. They can have. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a few other things. So actually, this is this is something I keep wanting to like squeeze in somewhere, and I can't find any places to say it. So there, there's two things that. There was a few threads this time around that I felt like, oh, this is going to get called back to later, and then they kind of don't. Um, The first one does involve Eleven, and it's when Hop explains to her what compromise means. Yeah. And I... They... But here's the thing. They flash back to her... Him saying that to her as part of a montage of other things she's been going through. But... I thought what the big thing was at the end was her going to be like, okay, I don't feel fully comfortable here, but this home is compromised for me. I'm halfway happy we're, like, here, you know? And yeah. then, it, like, I thought that that was going to be what this season was for her, with, with her going all over the place to kind of find out where she fits in, was her being like, I don't fit in anywhere, but that's okay because, like, at some point you just got to settle for something, you know? Yeah. And then she just kind of comes back and she's like, no, I love it here. And it's like, oh, um, the other thing, man, I'm sorry, Bob, but when you give the big fucking thing about sometimes you just got to stand up and then you go out running, (laughs) I'm sorry, but as soon as like that thing started to go after him. I thought what was going to happen is we were going to get Bob smacking a motherfucking demi-dog with a broom. And instead he just runs away and then gets bitten because he gets lovey-dovey yeah. eyes. And I was kind of disappointed by that. So, I can tell you, like, okay, so the exact moment, it wasn't because I was talking to someone. And the person I was talking with was like, yeah, I realized he was going to die when they zoomed in on the gun he left behind. But yeah. I, did, I, I knew he was going to die when he volunteered to go. Because it's when That's I fair. realized it's w- it's when I realized that okay, no one has died yet this season, and because of Barb, got to be the new guy. <laughs> they'll have to kill someone because they will have to kill one person a season because they can't lower the stakes. They've got to at least keep it the same, and they're also not going to kill any of the main characters. Yeah, so it has to be Bob. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I love the shit where it's like, does anyone know basic? <laughs> like, it's yeah. so stupid. Um, no, yeah, like him volunteering. Nerds can be heroes too, Rosen. Oh, God, yeah. Him volunteering and all that shit, like, oh, God. Like, what a great character, actually, though. Yeah, it was good. I liked him. Well, because, like, he is just a wholesome, goofy, dumb Radio Shack man. He's Samwise Gamgee! He is. He actually is. If Samwise Gamgee was a real human living in Earth, modern Earth, well, 80s Earth. It would be him. It would be Bob. It would be him! Bob the Brain. Also, too, I I got a little emotional when at the end, you're you're doing, like, the ending montage, and they show Will's room, and he drew a picture of Bob as, like, a superhero. Uh, I don't even know if I noticed that. Yeah, it's it it's when they're they're kind of, they're cutting through to like the everything's back to normal. It it shows uh Will has like a picture of like Bob in like a superhero outfit and like cape and everything flying and it just says Bob the brain at the bottom. 
Oh, that's good. Yeah, I was like, aw. Um, ah, oh, crap, what was the other thing? Shit. There was one other thing I remember where it's like, oh, that's gonna come back later, and then it just super didn't, that I was kind of like, oh, what the fuck? Um, but yeah. Ah, uh, shit. What else? Okay. I guess we should start going... I think we covered the, all the shit with, like, the journalist conspiracy stuff well enough. Um, yeah, I, I wasn't a big fan of it. it. It felt like padding, honestly, to me. Yeah. Well, I can talk a little bit about Max's family. Oh, yeah, go for it. Um, so how'd you feel? Like, okay, so her brother is very clearly being set up to be, like, a complete irredeemable asshole. Yeah. Which is prime material for a, a classic Stranger Things subversion of expectations. Mm-hmm. Which they don't entirely do. I felt like what was going to happen is they were going to play that up as this is the Steve that never got better. Mm. Which they kind of do a yeah. little bit. Like, you can, because he's the guy who is way too old to be caring about the whole, like, whole, like, school status thing, and, like, they're getting into a fist fight, and he's like, people always told me about the king of Hawkins, like, show me, and Steve's like, get the fuck out of this house, you know? Like, yeah, exactly, it's so good. So, they did play off that dynamic a little bit, but, like, I, personally, I wasn't under the impression that he was gonna be redeemed. No, I thought it was possible. Okay. I I I did see the thing coming though, where his dad is like homophobic asshole man. I totally saw that coming a mile away. But also too, maybe have a more intimidating actor for that. I don't think they needed to. Oh really? Yeah, because those people aren't always gonna be the the big tough people. That's true. And and it's it's not his physical form that's intimidating. It's his status as the father. That's true. That is true. I will give and you that. I, I'll say this. I feel like it is subtle and maybe not as well developed as it could be, but I, I'm personally, you know, I'm not going to super. I'm, I, I'm pretty sensitive to asshole fathers. Yeah. <laughs> um, very different from yours, but like, I, I, I'm sensitive. We both to... have situations, it's fair to say. <laughs> and. and... In particular, I, I'm I'm very sensitive to toxic households and atmospheres and um, homophobic asshole fathers pushing their kids around and being threatening with stupid things. Yeah. So <laughs> that, while I obviously did not relate to that character at all, I could sympathize with that. And I also did like how... If you look and squint a little bit, you can see how his behavior comes from his father. And it's got that chain of abuse thing. Yeah, totally. Where the way he talks to Max is the way his father talks to him. Mm -hmm. And that's, I think, important. Also, too, one thing that... So, one of my best friends growing up had, like, a nasty divorce and then, like, a series of, like, step fathers and siblings or whatever like i think like i think two or three um and there i definitely remember one of those in there where i was hanging out with them one time we actually we used to like go and play sonic adventure 2 multiplayer a lot and i remember distinctly i was over at his house playing that or whatever and and we were like just hanging out 
And I distinctly remember that one of those stepfathers would always be a big asshole to their own kid, but never to my friend. Because that was going too far, because, like, that wasn't their kid, you know? Yeah, yeah. But they'd be pretty shitty to... He'd be pretty shitty to his daughter, I remember. Like, maybe not, like... Not, like, horrible shitty, shitty, but, like, would go be, like, clean the fucking dish. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. harsher. <laughs> I, I, there are definitely people like that, especially, too. So, I thought that was interesting. Because they imply that, like, he, he goes out of his way to be super fucking, like, best behavior when it comes to Max and his wife. Yeah. Though Max clearly does not like him in return. <laughs> yeah. So, I think there is one one detail about that scene that sold the entire thing for me. Was it when he cries? Yes. Okay, that was good. It is so good. And, like, no, like you know, he didn't get embarrassed and cry in front of people. He still can keep his... Uh, attitude and everything, mm-hmm. but that is real, you know? Like, yeah. you can tell, like, yeah, okay. As the one humanizing moment that character gets, it was really good. Yeah. Not enough to make him a likable character. No. At all. But it And also, too, like, just because you're in a city shitty situation does not make you not, like, culpable for all the bad things you do. <laughs> Yeah, of course, at some point. You can explain but not excuse sort of thing. Yeah, but also at the same time, it is important to keep in mind that he is not an adult. He is a teenager, and in that kind of situation, that happens. Yeah. You know, if you're raised with that, it happens. Yeah, people, like, cycles of abuse exist as a thing. Um, Can we talk, okay, so, that being said... Yeah. <laughs> it was a little undermined for me a scene later where we get a wacky MILF romance. <laughs> a little bit, huh? Um What the fuck was that? I don't know. Um, <laughs> I feel like it was just there to be like a comedy scene, but it did not work. It was, but like it was also like this is Okay, so to be fair, there. Uh, okay, this doesn't make it much better, but he's probably eighteen. <laughs> I don't know, man. He's in high school. No, but they're—they are—they're explicitly said to be seniors, though, this year. True. Okay. So he's either seventeen or eighteen. I, I hope he's eighteen, but even then, that's not much better. <laughs> But, like, you couldn't have made it any more fucking corny. She was in the bath with the, like, the candles and the fucking romance novel thing, and it's like, what the... Ah, eh. Also, okay, I... okay, since we're on those parents, actually, I love the scene where Dustin goes over to his house, and Ted's, Ted answers the door, and he's like, my kids are never around anymore, and Dustin's like, you're fucking useless. <laughs> yeah. <that's... laughs> it was really good. Uh... Did you see the article that was like, yeah, originally Netflix was like, okay, hey, for season two, because it got popular, don't make the kids curse. And the kids were like, no, nah, we want to curse, though. That's great. Yeah. Dude, okay, I'm sorry. As soon as we hit sixth grade, 
we fucking were sailors, man. Like, I don't know. Oh, yeah. Like, okay, okay, yeah, same. Like, I don't, like, I don't get, because, like, I think, actually, Stranger Things is one of the more raw and actually, like, better dealing with what kids are like at that age that I've seen from modern attempts at it. Yeah. Like, I don't know, man. As soon as we hit sixth grade, like, and the hormones started to hit, we were all being, like, really douchey, swearing words that don't even really make sense when stringed together in sentences and, like, trying to hit on girls, you know? Like, (laughs) that's kind of what that was. Yeah. I did remember one thing Mm. that we didn't bring up. Yeah. So... Never explicitly stated, but given the era, well, I mean, not even given the era still today, but like, hey, what do you think his big problem was with who Max was hanging out with the most? Okay, I'm actually a little mad they didn't just outright say it. Yeah? It's because he's black. I don't give a fuck what anyone says. What else could it be? Nothing. It's It's because because he's he's black. black. Yeah. And I actually, I think they were afraid of saying it, but come the fuck on. It's clear the dude's just racist. But there's there's even a scene, though, where, like, I forget what it's about. What is the scene about where, where the, he's talking with another kid and he's like, it's because I'm black? It's, it's when Mike, they're talking about which Ghostbuster they are. Yes! And Mike is like, you gotta be him. And, and he's like, you're just saying that because we're both black. Yeah, so, like, one, hey, that's a really good scene, but also, like... And also one that I have known many of my black friends have had experiences with growing up, where it's like, oh, you have to be the black guy from the movie. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's a thing kids have to deal with, and it sucks. But, like, yeah, no, that is very clearly a racist thing going on there. Because... Also, he was totally ready to beat that fucking kid up, too. Yeah. Okay, so I'm I'm not gonna lie. When it was clear that it was like, oh, um, what's what's the brother's name even? Which, oh, I don't remember. Okay, when when fucking He Man is beating up Steve, yeah, I totally thought that Max was gonna take the spike bat and just hit him over the head with it. <laughs> but then she goes for the syringe, and I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> Yeah, that was good. I mean, to be fair, she almost, she threatens to hit his nuts with the bat, but still. Yeah. Um. Oh, man, there's a few, okay, can we, I think maybe now is a good time to talk about the stapled on 11 story arc. Sure, let's do that. Um, the only thing I think I actually truly liked from that was finding out why the mother repeats those words, because I'm not gonna lie, I think that was the most frightening thing in that entire series. It was it was decent, yeah. The idea of being alive in like a pseudo vegetative state reliving horrific memories over and over again is terrifying. Yeah. Um Yeah, um Okay, actually, who the fuck was she- was the one woman speaking to over the phone when Eleven's like, oh shit, I gotta leave. I assumed Um, it was like the police, but I wasn't quite sure. 
Uh, yeah, I get the impression that it was probably just a doctor or the police or something. Yeah. Um. So, do you have anything else to say about like when she goes to family stuff? Um, the whole episode or just the that part? Just just the entirety of Eleven's story arc where she's with her mother before um, the next part happens. Um, with the mother, I feel like it probably, you know what, it wasn't needed. (laughs) Um. Yeah, I mean, I kind of got that from season one, and this just kind of made it a little less ambiguous, which, like, sure, I I guess. I feel like it maybe was just an excuse to give her a name other than Eleven. Yeah. Um. But it wasn't terrible. Yeah. It wasn't the worst thing. Yeah. It makes sense that at some point Eleven would maybe go tracking these things down and it didn't completely fly in the face of the tone of the series or anything. Yeah, okay, so Zach, before we start this fucking next part, I have a theory. Okay. Now, in that rundown punk factory, Mm -hmm. in the rundown punk hideout, there is two pieces of graffiti on the wall. Did you pay okay. attention to the graffiti at all? Yes. Did I don't you... remember them, though. Okay. So one of them, I think, was Obedlam or so- something to that effect. I, I don't remember the exact... I don't remember that one for sure. But the other one said, in all capital letters, Balbarith. And I was like, that has to be a reference to a weird 80s thing or, so- or something. It's not. It is a reference to Grant Morrison's comic book series, The Invisibles. More specifically, more specifically, Balbarath is the name of an online forum dedicated to Grant Morrison's comic book series, The Invisibles. And the other one, the old bedlomer, it, it was O-something. It was, it was like a surname. Is like another comic book dude. They just wanted to do a superhero thing! And they just they stuck did. it halfway through the season. They did. Why would that That was the a fuck? fucking comic book. It was a comic book and it wasn't that even... was a comic book in the middle of Stranger Things. But it wasn't even a good comic book. No. It was so bad. And, like, I'm not even against the idea of her having, like, another sister with, like, different psychic powers that she goes to meet up with and she's doing weird crime shit. That intro, because let's, we, we fucking totally forgot. That's how that series opens. Yeah, it does. And I was like, oh, fuck. I didn't think they'd go there. That's rad as shit. And I thought it was like, oh, fuck, a bunch of criminals and, like, 11 sisters gonna ride on into fucking Hawkins, Indiana, and they're gonna have to deal with it. Yeah. I, and I thought that was cool as shit. And that's not what we got at all. No. So, the, at a core, basic level, the idea of, okay, because we've always known, hey, she's number 11, there are others. There has to be others, just by that alone, yeah. We knew that, and we knew the minute there was a season two that we would probably see them one day. Mm-hmm. And the fact that they all have different mind powers probably is fine. 
Yeah. I That's can, not a terrible concept. Because theory. I can believe the idea that each time they have whatever the fuck done to them, a different effect happens. Because, like, yeah. it, honestly, everything they do in that lab seems to kind of like, well, let's see what happens when we do this. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so, like, I can believe they all have different sets of powers, for sure. That being said... I don't know if I need multiple car chases and robbery scenes. You and... need to introduce these things in line with the tone of the show. And, and also the fact they have like a like a Batman vigilante like weird ass board with a bunch of newspaper clippings and like they're checking off criminals. <laughs> yeah. Also they are just comic book characters. And they're weird, and I don't like them. <laughs> so. So bad, Zach. <laughs> I was... I was nervous going into that plot, and when I realized that that was all the episode was, my heart sank. Because what a waste of my time. <laughs> Honestly, so Amanda pointed... You know point... how that episode is going to end when it starts. Exactly. And also, Amanda pointed something out. You don't need to have that at all. You could have had Eleven just being like, oh, my mom's a vegetable, time to go home. You yeah. could have completely cut that one episode, because here's the thing. Stranger Things Season 1, eight episodes. This one was nine. You didn't need that episode. I think it was episode seven. You don't need it at all. We even get like a cheesy chronicle scene where like she's like focusing on the anger and everything that bad that's happened to you. And she's moving a train with her psychic Akira powers. And it's like, what the fuck? And they try to tie that into the last scene, but it didn't need to be there. It didn't need to be there. And also, too, when she was like, I'm going to think about all the things that make me angry, I didn't actually feel like anything faster was happening. <laughs> no. Also, the fact that, again, seeing Mike talk to another human being of the opposite gender is one of the most traumatic things in her life to have happened. Yeah. God. That was so dumb. So, this whole, like, heist... Uh, punk rock group thing of like these are morally bad people this Mark Millar universe we have found ourselves in like this dark like fucking like are you familiar with Wanted the film or the comic book uh maybe I don't know okay cause I could feel like that's the curve of the bullet one mm. I feel like that one could I feel I feel like that universe could be happening next door in this city or like <laughs> or like the spirit is out on the streets cleaning up shit like yeah. like constantine is out smoking on the other corner like we we went full looney tunes cart like cartoony yeah. comic book there it was so weird like i like, i have expected building the wall in between them and the cops like yeah i have expected batman to come out of that alleyway and be like you're coming with me 11 like jesus christ Dude, Batman could have totally, like, swooped in and been like, you're going too far with the killing. Like... Yeah, and honestly, yeah. Like, that... You know what? 
fuck it, that is the group of people, and there's an animated Batman movie, or no, it's Superman. It's an animated Superman movie about a group of punk rock alternative people that come in and start killing criminals. And that is that group. <sighs> Eleven's uh. the girl that all-star Superman saves from jumping. Oh, no. That's my daily comic book reference. Okay. So, that episode is really bad. It's by far the worst of the entire series, and I hope we get nothing like it ever again. But I also am yeah. not entirely convinced, because it seems like they were leaving that open for season three, possibly? Oh, that character will be back. All those characters will be back. Yeah. There's no way that that is a one-episode thing. Yeah, big big teddy bear guy. Oh. <sighs> Punk knife thrower man. His gimmick is he's afraid of spiders. Sassy, sassy realist, cynical watchdog, paranoid girl. Fun magic pixie dream white chick. Yep. They'll all got come them all. back. You got them got all. Got them all. Uh. Why? I don't know. Okay, just think about, like, the episode before that, which is probably the best episode of the whole season, in my opinion. It's got the ramp up, that's the reveal, where, like, Will is leading them to a trap. It's got the the monsters, it's got this dark, horror-fused tone, and then you go from that to punk rock shooting at cops, yeah. killing people, training your magic powers like homeless fucking beyond two souls bullshit going on mm -hmm. what the fuck oh there's something i just realized i want to talk about going way back to the beginning real quick one more time yeah go for it so when hopper's investigating all the pumpkin shit oh yeah and when he gets to the one uh family and there's the little kid dressed up as the uh cowboy yeah. They linger on him dressed up as a cowboy for, like, way longer than I feel they should, and I was like, what the fuck is up with that? And then when they have the moment later on where Hopper's freaking the fuck out in the dark field, and he just goes, bang, you're dead. I fucking lost my shit. That was so good. Yeah. Because <laughs> I was like, that's why they focused on that kid, so you remember him. Yeah, that was good. Ah, man. Um... No, going back, yeah, th that Eleven thing was terrible, and, like, as soon as I looked up, I'm like, what the fuck is Balbareth? I, I looked it up, and I was like, they just wanted to do a comic book thing. Like, yeah, they're they literally, did. they are literally referencing comic book superhero shit right now. I, to be fair, <laughs> I don't know if Grant Morrison's The Invisibles is a superhero thing, I'm just assuming, but they definitely wanted to do something comic booky. And, like, that that didn't click for me, but, like, everything falls into place now. Yeah. Man. Yeah, that was bad. Um, also, again, just like Eleven couldn't be in the plot there. Because if Eleven was around, she would solve everything. So they had to get her as far away from the plot as possible. Yeah. And it feels so forced. Um, I think the next episode is where we get the Mind Flayer thing. Yeah. Um... I love that a lot. I also love how... So, like, towards the end, they start to, like, kind of poke fun at the whole, like, 
pop culture-y part of the show, and I liked that a lot. Like, the first yeah. time it happens is when Lucas finishes explaining the story to Max, and Max is like, it's a little too derivative, but I'll give you some points for originality. Yeah. Which is, like, clearly, like, poking fun at what some critics thought of the first season, obviously. Oh, 100%, yeah. Um, I, I liked that a lot. I that was a cute way of addressing that. Um... But then also, too, Hopper just being like, this is, you can't compare everything to Dungeons and Dragons. It's fucking hilarious. Yeah. And even, like, he, w- the fact that their analogy breaks down the further they go until <laughs> the kid, Dustin himself is like, it's a fucking game. I don't know. Like, yeah. It's so good. It's like, how do we stop it? You summon an undead army that can't have its brains beat. <laughs> Okay, I also love that because, Zach, we've played our fair share of D&D at this point. That yeah. is something that only a man who is, like, or to be for, or women, that is some something that only someone who has played a lot of D&D and has come up with a few creative solutions in their time could think of. That was cute. Yeah, I, I <laughs> really like the D&D talk. Yeah. Um... <laughs> I'll, also, too, Dustin's insistence that they call them demi-dogs... <laughs> It's good. It's so good. Well, like, because also, too, that goes to where, like, he is, he is very, very, like, overcompensating for the fact that he's, you know, like, he's a nerdy, like, shy boy or whatever. So, like, when it's, when he thinks of something, he really wants it to catch on or he wants to be recognized for it. Like, with the, um, like, he, he's like, all right, what, whatever you say, Mr., whatever your name is, just remember that I discovered this species first. Like, yeah. he is very, like, he wants to be recognized for the shit he contributes or whatever. I, I always thought that was funny. Yeah, it's good. I, li- I, li- I like him a lot in this season. Yeah. Um, I like how he takes dating advice from Steve, who is probably the last person he should be taking advice from. <laughs> yeah. And it also doesn't work out for him. I actually, I like the scene where Nancy dances with them. That was really... It, it was a little hackney, for sure. It was, but also, too, it was like, eh, it's cute. Th- like, it's a pity dance. It's a pity you know? dance, but it's obvious that it's from a good place, you know? Yeah. And it seemed to work well for him. Yeah. And it also calls back to, like, which honestly really never played much into it, but like episode one of season one where he's clearly got a crush on her. Yeah, yeah. I thought the thing or whatever she was like, Oh, you're always the favorite of my brother's friends, I was like, That's bullshit, she's just saying that, but Yeah. Uh It would have been great if Jonathan was off to the side and he just slapped his knee and went, Oh man. And then he, like, stormed off and went to, like, join a gang of clowns. <laughs> yeah. There was another Briar son. Yeah. <laughs> no, this oh. isn't my home. I'm gonna go back to my weird cabin on the edge of the woods. That always bothered me about their house, by the way. They're kind of fucking out oh! there. Oh! I know what never fucking came back! The fucking tripwire! You, that was that you know what zach you nailed it that was it because there was the point where hopper gives them directions to go back to his cabin so they could heat up will shit and i'm like yeah. oh no he didn't mention the fucking he didn't trip mention wire. the tripwire it's, it's gonna, gonna signal the dog yeah that's exactly what i thought that's exactly what i thought yeah because that's what the plot makes sense to happen 
I feel like were things cut? Were things changed halfway? Like, but like, yeah, you get what I mean. Like, there's a bunch of stuff that it feels like they want to do more with, or is gonna come back and just does doesn't. And I don't think it's trying to subvert. I think it's just like, eh, <laughs> you know. Yeah, it feels a little sloppy. Um. Yeah. Like, I mean, I still like this. A, like, I like the whole thing a lot. I mean, we're not done, but like, oh, yeah. it's really messy in places sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Um. There, what what else about the end? I like the whole like we've been giving it what it wants. Why yeah, haven't we tried the warmth yet? Was really good. Yeah, and that is a fantastic callback and proves how well callbacks work because you don't think of that, or at least I, I didn't. didn't think of I that. didn't think about that either. But it's so true. Yeah, you from the first encounter with this thing, you know its weakness. Yeah. And the way the plot goes, it just never naturally came up until they think about it. Mm-hmm. That's so good. And, um, man, just, like, I I love a good tense confrontation and all of the, like, Will is kind of possessed moments were super creepy and well done. Oh, man, when, when they all just take, when he's tied up to that post and they're all just taking turns being like, remember that time, blah, blah, blah. Like, that was so fucking, it was like yeah. equal parts surreal and touching, you know? Like, that was really cool. Yeah, I, I, I love, that's one of my favorite scenes for sure. Yeah. And like, they're all really good emotional stories acted very well, you know? Yeah. I also feel like for a lot of the Will scenes, Mike just kind of feels there. <laughs> Yeah, it like yeah, he's he's pushed to the side a little bit. Yeah. Um but also man, like again with the Will thing though, like those stories are all super emotional, but we've never really gotten to know Will as a character outside we of We haven't. Him being he's always danger. been like he's always been the little kid in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> and like you when you do see him, you, he's he's very clearly like the most introverted of all of them. He very clearly doesn't fit in even within that group as well as like the other ones do, but like they like yeah. him regardless. And like he's the kid who very clearly gets picked on the most and like has he's he's a sad quiet shy boy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, super like fuck forever the weird like random girl that walks up calls him zombie boy and then dances with him. Oh yeah. Honestly, if what? I was him, I would have been like, "Go fuck yourself" and walked yeah, away. Yeah, like why? Why was that a thing? Like, yeah. What a what a dumb excuse that they needed to happen so that Dustin could be the only one not dancing. Yeah, honestly, that's exactly what I thought of too. Um. Oh, I do like how Joyce is out in the parking lot and Hopper's like, "Hey." Yeah. Hey. To be fair, you know. Yeah. Um, going back a little bit though, mm -hmm. the the underground tunnels is cool. Um, I okay, I really like how the kids convince Steve to do the distraction thing because it's like Steve's like, okay, this is a stupid idea, but like, yeah, we're on the bench, aren't we? Fuck it, let's do it. This <laughs> is yeah. so good. Yeah, and there's the thing with Dart with which we already talked about. That was yeah. fine. So I guess I'll say, and I mean this in a very, very good way, but the elevator trip down when Hopper is shooting all of the liquors that are coming at them was so, yeah. 
And I said liquors because, hey, Resident Evil, that felt like a good Resident Evil scene. Yeah, it did. i not going to lie, I kind of thought about liquors a few times when the demi dogs were doing shit. Yeah. I thought of a get like I Actually, thought so, of Silent Hill. Uh, honestly, I thought more of Hunters now that I think about it, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um but man when Eleven started floating. Oh okay, so you know what pissed me off about that? What? That's in the main poster. <gasps> what? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, if you if you if you pay close enough attention to... Oh, sorry, I don't know if it's the main... But there is a poster with her in that pose with her arms stretched out floating. Oh, man, I'm super glad I never noticed that. Yeah. It, t- to be fair, though, too, like, it's a thing that you really gotta, like... I, personally, I thought it was just kind of, like, an artistic thing. But as soon as she started floating, I'm like, oh, she's doing the fucking thing from the poster, of course. <laughs> so. Well... I thought it was really cool, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the weird, like, weird dust Kamehameha battle they got going was a thing. It was dumb, but I loved it. Yeah. I also, so, like, I feel like the idea was that the weird giant, like, the mind flayer was right across the portal thing. And, like, there was part of me that was like, why the fuck doesn't he just, like, poke his, like, fist out and just punch these motherfuckers? Like, yeah. it kind of looked like he could do that, but I'm I'm sure there's dumb psychic energy bullshit that was pushing him back or whatever the fuck. Yeah. Um, but yeah, hey, so, dumb smoke Kamehameha battle, a good way to have, like, dumb comic book action that's still in line with the tone of your product. Yeah. Ugh. <sighs> 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 Hmm. Yeah. Um. So I expected them to tease a season three, but I have to say, a lot weaker of a tease in my opinion. I mean, the imagery is pretty powerful with the thing, like clearly knowing they're in the school and lurking over it. But yeah. Beforehand, we didn't know what happened to Eleven. And we didn't know what the fuck was going on with Will. So now we're left with season three is for sure going to happen. For sure. Like, come on, come on, it's going to happen. They haven't said anything, but come on. So we know the two big things are going to be Eleven's sister. And the fact that that thing is still out there. And that's like inherently a lot less interesting to me. It is. So... I noticed one thing in the last episode, which is not counting the tunnels because it's not really counting it and mm-hmm. not counting Will's flashes. We never actually go to the upside down in the season. I kind of just interpreted those tunnels as the upside down. But they're not. Because, yeah, because they're in our dimension. They're in our dimension, and they've got the upside-down element in them. Yeah. But we never go to, like, that twisted version of our reality. Yeah. And we never learn anything about it. And I'm personally okay with that. Yeah. But I feel like that could be, like, the final mystery hook of, like, all right, what is this upside-down thing? Yeah. Um, I think that the notion of this giant, powerful, malevolent entity literally lurking over your shoulder and just trying to figure out how it'll get at you 
like 24 7 is terrifying but yeah. they don't realize it so yeah um yeah no it, it's a weak tease um i feel like if season three is gonna happen i want to see more of the actual i i want to see someone go hey why don't we go explore this place mm-hmm like all the like the plot of season one and season two is we need to contain it. We need to stop it spreading. But I'm curious to see what the fuck they'll do now that like the scientists got the one two punch of one being slaughtered mostly and yeah. two getting their shit closed down because like Barbara conspiracy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know, man. I just want someone to be like, hey, I want to like actually like go look into the weird relationship between these worlds a bit, but yeah. Um, yeah, man, I, I don't know. Like, season two is really good, so I'll watch season three, but there's no big hook. Same. Yeah, like, I, I'm, I'm worrying if maybe we're coming off a bit too negative, because, like, the good shit in this season is really fucking good, and there was I mean, a lot I, I liked. I about Steve. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, it, it, it's, it's hard, because... It's hard to a... live up to the first, though, too. Yeah, it is. And it's one of those things, too, where, like... I, I you're you're probably the same, but I don't want to speak for you. But like, I am the most nitpicky at things that I like. Yeah, same for sure. And like, there is a there is a certain level of something where I love it so much, and it like hits me in one particular way that I don't care about the little things. And like, you know, uh, let like let's say near Automata, like the the main theme of that game and the big emotional moments are good enough to me where I could, like, make little nitpicks about, like, gameplay things or, like, story things, but, like, I don't really want to because I don't care. Yeah. Um, Season one of Stranger Things was pretty close to being that. Season two, I like it a lot, but it is not immune to my nitpicks because it's it's not at that exact level of quality where I don't care anymore. Yeah. It's, like, a really, really good 8 out of 10. Yeah. I can feel that. But yeah. So, I talk a lot about the little nitpicks, but I I do want to stress that like I am happy this exists. Once I got two or three episodes in, I consistently enjoyed it except for that one episode. Yeah. Um the Will stuff Honestly, really yeah, cool. like I feel like that one episode brought it down from a 9 to an 8 for me as well. And it's like it's too close to the end for it not to linger in your mind. Exactly. It, it stops the flow of the climax. It does. The episode right before it starts the climax. And then that just cuts right in there. And that can work well in certain situations. Hey, going to throw a major positive shout out to a show that you're going to roll your eyes at. But Lost does that really well. And the last season of Lost there's a lot of buildup and then right before it hits there's like an episode where they just go let's go to the back to the fucking beginning and show you how this shit happened and it's like yeah that works this was like about like clowns getting into heists and it doesn't fucking work yeah you you can't break the flow of the climax for that <laughs> yeah that was uh all right I, i'm rambling now i know but that was uh that was definitely an episode <laughs> Oh my god. 
It seems like everyone universally hates that episode, too, so... Good. And I don't hate all of the concepts in it. It was the execution, you know? Yeah, like, I really like the idea of her having a sister who's into, like, weird crime shit and, like, even getting revenge, but, like, I don't need an entire episode dedicated to, like, wacky, like, robbing a gas station convenience store and shit like that. The only thing about that episode that really leaves, like, a major worry is, like... What is this whole thing about, like, maybe that guy survived and didn't die, and, like, maybe he's still out there? You know, Papa. I forget his actual name. Yeah, I thought, okay, we saw him got fucking killed pretty hardcore in the first season, I believe. I remember that happening, yeah. So, I hope not. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know what that's all about. Yeah, that was weird. But they bring that up a couple of times afterwards in her little flashes. Mm-hmm. So, we'll see where that goes. Whew! I think that covers it. Yeah, I got a little heated there a little bit. Yeah. This I, is, I Stranger Things is worth getting heated about. I could tell I as, like... As you started losing energy and I kept getting louder and my throat started hurting, I knew that I needed to dial it back a bit, but... Nice. I'm gonna take a swig of Diet Pepsi to recover. I got some words to write about Will and Bob, though. Please Mm. stay tuned at a rosin.zone near you. I really, really liked your blog post about Blade Runner. It's gonna be in that vein. I look forward to it, my man. Yeah. <clears throat> Let's all have the Hawkins ball. Oh, okay, sorry, one one last thing. They totally wanted this to be a big emotional thing, and, like, it fell so flat that it went the opposite direction, and I just started laughing. It's when Mike is, like, looking around the table, and he goes, <laughs> I think you know what I'm going to say. He's like... Yeah. Did you know Bob was the guy who started the AV club? And it's like, fuck off. Yeah. That was so cheesy. (laughs) Demi Dogs. Demi Dogs is good, though. Demi Dogs is so good. (laughs) Oh, actually, too, and also we talked about it where, like, the analogy falls apart. And then, like, during that one scene, Steve's like, so, like, the, like, the Germans. Oh. <laughs> yeah. But did you get, he was calling back to his shitty essay from the beginning. Oh, no, I didn't catch it. Because, because Nancy's like, why did you start talking about your grandpa fighting the Nazis in World War Two? <laughs> yeah, oh, that's so good. And then, like, the as soon as Steve hears that, like, there's an analogy, he's like, like, like the Nazis in World War II. <laughs> yeah, that killed me. That was so fucking... Oh, that's, that's a clever one. I didn't get that one. Yeah, that one killed me. Because mm. that one's, like, the whole series later. Yeah. It's, like, episode one to episode eight. <laughs> yeah. Uh... Do we know what Steve's dad does? I don't know. I don't know. Well, apparently he has a job lined up, so that's good. 
Yeah, we. It's it's funny. Every season we'll see a little bit more of their parents because yeah. we saw a couple new families in this one. Don't worry, your secret's safe with me. We're all patriots in this house. Yeah. Uh. Well, I think this is the end of our curiosity travel. It is. Uh, till next year. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I want to do emails, honestly. Oh, okay. I'm a little tired. That's fair, we went for a while. Yeah, it's like 3 a.m. Mm. <laughs> Woo! Let's see. We Yeah, we have gone for almost four hours. Yeah. So we'll save these for next time. But hey, keep emailing us, by the way. We, we are, uh... I, I'm almost saying the name of our email, but I didn't intend to. Uh, our email account is wearefinallyemail at gmail.com. Once again, that is wearefinallyemail at gmail.com. If you want to send in a question to the podcast, doesn't have to be video game related. can be related to TV shows, movies, life, the universe. Yeah. Anything you want us to talk about that you think could be interesting. Yeah. We can wafp about it. I'll wasp about it. And I'm floating in the most peculiar way. And the stars oh, are looking it's... different today. Yay, yay. What what a classic stranger thing. This to is back. ground control to Major Tom. They they what fucking a... had a Bowie reference in there. What a great fucking thing to have happened to yeah, me. Yeah, what a what a greater thing. Hey, how come season how come it wasn't called Strangest Things? <laughs> oh, woof woof, getting a little too saucy there, Zach. <laughs> uh Bye fuckers. I'm going to throw a flaming squirrel at all of you. Rar. I punched my microphone. Did you like it? Yeah, that was, was good. It, was it good ASMR for you, Rosin? Ah, oh, fuck. I'm cutting this. <laughs> <laughs>